Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're the end crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. Get me through a Wednesday on the Mike Heller Show. It's uh, Brewers baseball again tonight at Miller Park in Milwaukee. I am in Milwaukee today. Drew Olson will join me in an hour. John Audius joins me right now. Hi, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? What's going on with you? Uh, Where have you been all day? What do you mean? You know, we. You know, normally we talk, and I kept trying to get a hold of you, and and I don't know where you've been. I've where been, have you been? I've been here. I've been oh, trying you to call. There the whole yeah. time. Yeah, the whole time. Oh. Well, that's the problem. I was in Appleton, and now I'm in Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're all over the state. Yeah. You going to stop by Wausau pretty soon? To, well, all the affiliates? soon. Soon. The, the plan would be at some point to, to do that, John, but uh, not today. Today, um, I made the trip up to Appleton to uh, have breakfast with my dad, who uh, is celebrating his 81st birthday today. So I did a little bit of that. Then I came down here to Milwaukee. Um, and uh, go to the Brewers Red Sox tonight at Miller Park and uh, feel good about uh, the whole day. John, it's a get-me-through-a-Wednesday Wednesday, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like a good Wednesday. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I have, so you can start. All right. Show. This is the Big Two at Two. The top two trending sports stories this hour. Number two. Uh, this isn't the number two, but have you seen this story about Jim McElwain and a shark. Yeah, it, you know there was a somebody took a picture of a guy uh, on a shark naked, and <laughs> it looks like Jim McElwain. But then Jim McElwain didn't think it was funny, and I just I wish people would have a better sense of humor about stuff like this. It's just a li- nobody thinks it's Jim McElwain. It just looks like Jim McElwain. Okay. So why can't Jim McElvain say, hey, it's funny, but, you know, I only ride dolphins. Or, it's funny, but I don't like <laughs> sharks. Uh, I don't, whatever that is. But he said, you know, uh, he begins talking about it. Uh, let me just clear this up. That's not me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Come on. Did somebody really think it was you, Jim? I don't think anybody really thought it was you. Okay. I saw that. I was like, what's, wait, what's going on here with this? So, okay, that's not the question. The real question actually has to do with 
Manny Ginobili, who had a block last night on James Harden. And in fact, Ginobili's come up with some pretty huge blocks in his career against some pretty big names. Had a block in the final seconds, by the way, you know, like game tying or go ahead shots. He's blocked Ray Allen in the past. He blocked James Harden last night. He's blocked Kobe Bryant. And there's one other one. He's had four of them. Who's the other one? Do you know who I'm talking about, Mike? I I try not to. Okay. Well, he blocked some other big name that I can't think of right now, but I'll go look it up. Um, and it got us thinking, or got me thinking, and Drew, uh, when we were part of the <clears throat> pre-show call today, um, who's your favorite old guy in sports? Is there a guy playing right now that is your favorite old guy? Like, he's still hanging around. You're like, oh, he's still playing? Because I think Manu Ginobili's probably tops on that list and it's funny because tim duncan would have been in, on that list just a couple of years ago and both spurs just old guys still playing still hitting shots i don't know who would be on that list i i think people think of bartolo cologne mm-hmm. i think it, it makes you uh to harken back to julio franco who was an <laughs> older guy still making it go how old was he when he was still playing oh i don't know late 40s I mean, I think he, I think he lied uh, to to make it happen. Old guy still playing. Hmm. You know, in Ginobili, uh, there was a little fountain of youth last night. But I, I and it should be there should be some focus on Manu Ginobili. But can I just add in this? Uh, I know I'm uh, dodging your question just a bit. The uh, Sports Center tweeted this out last night, saying that James Harden joined Magic Johnson as the only players with a triple-double on-the-road versus Spurs in NBA postseason history. What are we talking about here? What, why, was, why would that be a notable statistic from that game last night? I, I would have a more notable statistic. In the final 5 minutes and 11 seconds, so the last 11 minutes of regulation and the 5 minutes of overtime, James Harden was 0 for 3 from the floor, four turnovers, two fouls, no assists, and no rebounds. How about that as your stat line for an MVP candidate who apparently played too many minutes? I mean, I just, I, I, I hate when we glorify an individual statistic like a triple double in a loss in overtime when the guy who scored the triple double. Sucked down the stretch. With the game on the line, he sucked. I would much rather focus on Manu Ginobili that you just brought up at 39 years old who, you know, hit the fountain of youth last night and had a dunk, took it to the rim, had a block shot to end the overtime in the game. I've Good been, for him. I've been on a Manu Ginobili uh, run today. By the way, Kevin Love was the other block on these like four huge blocks he's had in his career in the final seconds of games. He blocked Kevin Love, Kobe, James Harden, and Ray Allen. And then there's also at NBA on Twitter, at NBA, the official Twitter account of the National Basketball Association. They also have, like, Ginobili's best dunks. And it's awesome watching Manu Ginobili just slice through the lane and jam on dudes. It's so fun. I'm, you know what? I might have to put this up on a, my blog or something. Um, but before number one, Brett and Madison called. Hey, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up? Not too much. Uh, talking old guys in sports. Ginobili definitely had a big block last night and everything. I feel like hockey, some of those guys, you just never roll, you know, 
you never really think about them being too old and everything. But Yamir Yager's still playing, isn't he? He is still playing uh, with great hair. Probably not right now, currently, of course. I'm pretty sure he was, last I checked, I think he was with Philadelphia. So, Bartolo, you kind of shake your head and you think, God, he's still playing and everything. And then Tom Brady, of course. I'm not a fan of Tom Brady myself, but the guy is pretty dominant and he is getting up there as far as age goes and everything. So. Yeah, and uh, John, who am I drawing a blank on in the NBA uh, that won the dunk t- contest so many years ago but is still kind of getting it done? Vince Carter is a great Vince example. Vince Carter is Vince a great Carter, example. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. yeah Vince, Vince Carter can still get it done, uh, and he can play above the rim, and he was – there are a couple of games this year where where he had you know flipped on the the fountain of youth switch and and had it going. So well, he had yeah, like the, a three sixty dunk this year. Yeah, and the, and 40. the thing about the thing about Tom Brady is I have a hard time not liking him. It's one of the reasons I don't have a huge issue. I mean, I don't like the Patriots, but it's not because of Tom Brady. I, I think Tom Brady has uh, all he has done is win. He has played at a very high level for a very long time. Um, I don't have an issue with Tom Brady. He would be on that list, and he's going to be 40. He's a man. Number one. All right, number one in our big two at two. What did I put down here? Um, All right, we're doing a little bit of statue talk. What? Here's the thing. I I will open up the phone lines because I know the listeners always have fantastic ideas. So the phone lines are open at 877-729-1070. That's 877-729-1070. And this stemmed, we talked on it briefly yesterday, and it stems from the fact that Peyton Manning's going to get his own statue. Uh, the Colts are going to give him a statue for all the years of service that Manning had with Indianapolis. And it got me thinking, who gets a statue if you had to pick one for each sport in this state? Like if you had to pick one for the Bucks, you had to pick one for the Brewers, and and they can't have already have a statue, uh, Packers and Badgers. You have to pick one guy for each. Who gets the next statue for the Brewers? Paul Molitor does not have a statue. Is that correct? I don't think he does. He would have been my choice. Yeah, and we talked about it briefly yesterday, but I wasn't certain. Um, you know, out front, you know, there's the Aaron and Yount statues. Euchre's got statues. Um, both in and outside, I mean, in that top row of the, the 400 level. Um, yeah, I don't think Molitor does. So, okay, so here's here would be my list, John. For the Packers, Brett Favre. Now, uh, technically, Bart Starr has a statue, but not at Lambeau Field. It's at the Resch Center with the Bart Starr tailgate plaza. Mm-hmm. There's a statue there. I don't know if you count that. Technically... Star has a statue. I don't think he has one on the Lambeau property. So if you want to be technical about it, I would do that. But I, I'm going to uh, – I, I think uh, uh, Tauscher and – Wildy and Tauscher were talking about that earlier today too, so I don't want to steal their thunder hey, on that. they saw from us from the day before. So oh, it's all okay. Good. All right. It's all um, but So I think Star's got one. Uh, next would be Favre. I would also have Nitschke on the list. But Favre is my choice there. With the Brewers, you already stole mine. It would be Molitor. Okay. With Badger football, now it gets a little tricky. Mm-hmm. I know you think. Yep. I know what you think. Ron Dane. Ron Dane is like the, the well, you know, like Alan Amici or something would be. 
Crazy Legs. You could go pretty old school here. Well, yeah, you have Richter and Alvarez at the entrance of Camp Randall. Those are the only two statues that are there. Yeah. So I and now remember that Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch only played a single season at Wisconsin. Then he went to Michigan. That's true. Uh, because of military commitment. But then he came back as the athletic director. So with Badger football, um, it it almost has to be Ron Dane. I say that a little bit reluctantly, but I would go along with you. I know that you say Ron Dane. Badger basketball, I, I think it'd have to be Bull Ryan. I think if you had one for Badger hoops outside the Kohl Center, it'd have to be Bull Ryan. I think that's the obvious choice, unless I'm totally missing somebody else. <laughs> Um, the the next choice for me right now would be uh, Devin Harris. After, if it's not Bo Ryan, and then with Badger hockey, I would say Jeff Sauer. Oh yeah. So you you know, and and certainly what Mark Johnson has done, both uh, where hockey is concerned as a player, then with the Olympics, and then as a coach. Um, he would be on that short list, too. But that's that's the list I would go with. I would go with Favre, Molitor, Dane, but with a question mark, Bo Ryan, Jeff Sauer. So I don't think we're going to disagree much on any of these. Uh, where where football is concerned, uh, I'm, I might give some other thought to that. I'm not sure. But I, but it would, it would seem to be that Dane would be the obvious next choice. All right, there you go. That's the big two of two. And if you have a suggestion, call up. At 877-729-1070. That's 877-729-1070. Kuby wanted to know on Twitter how big would Peyton Manning's forehead be in the new statue? (laughs) Come on, man. I know. That's probably not fair, is it? No. Um, Matt had tweeted in just before that favorite old guy is Yager, and he shows him skating around with that big mullet hanging out of the back of his helmet. He's 45? Is that right? That sounds right. Greg uh, tweeted in at Heller Sports and at Mike Heller Show, Julio Franco, oldest player to hit a home run at age 48. Is that true? Julio Franco, oldest. I'm going to double-check these stats. I didn't say it was official. I didn't say it was absolute. I just said that was tweeted in. Now, this is from two years ago, September uh, September 15, 2015. At 57, Julio Franco is still playing baseball in Japan. Hmm. Is that... He was still playing baseball at 57? Well, I don't know how old Gordy Howe was when he uh, he skated one more shift. Um, I don't know if that was with the Hartford Whalers. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's we've we've kind of done that honorary stuff. So, it, but but I think it's uh, overall it's interesting. I want to talk more about the Brewers, John. Who's uh, on the show today? In hour number two, we get a, a little busy, right? Because in hour number two today on the show. We're going to welcome in one of the great names in racing, the name Petty. It's one of the great names in all of racing. Kyle Petty, former NASCAR driver, has a charity ride coming up. He is going to join us at 317 on the program. Darnell Coles, very proud hitting coach of the Milwaukee Brewers, although I think he'll deflect the praise. Darnell Coles will join us at 3.35 into hour number two of the program. This hour is all for you. Want to get me through a Wednesday, 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. The statues for the Packers, the Brewers, Badger football, Badger basketball, Badger hockey. Who would be next on the list for any and all of those for statues outside of their respective stadiums? 877-729-1070. More of your comments on that when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show.
short appearance on Lucas in the morning, which happens too early on Wednesdays every week. Um, he asked about Kyle Lowry to the Bucks. I, I would ask you another question. How far outside of the realm is it to think of a team that's going to have to break up their stars to think of Chris Paul to the Bucks? John? Well, I would like it more than Lowry. <laughs> um, I could see, you know, ownership for the Bucks seems to always want to make a splash. And that would make one, wouldn't it? That would make a huge splash. Uh, I would be uh, at first blush. I would be thumbs uh, thumbs up on that. I'd be a thumbs up for sure. That sounds like. A, how about you? Well, he's thirty two. Um, so you, you get him. He doesn't have to play forty two minutes a game. Uh, you want Giannis to run some of the point in transition. I just, you know, I think if you're if you're looking to add, it's just it was interesting. Uh, we don't have to explore it in great depth um, because I, I know we want to talk about the the statues. But Lucas brought it up this morning talking about Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry just doesn't. Uh, I mean, I like the concept of a point guard that can get to the rim and Lowry can, but I also think that defensively sometimes he provides mismatches because of his size. And I, I'm not sure that uh, uh, as a point guard in his early 30s, if I wouldn't be far more intrigued by Chris Paul. CP3 uh, adding him. Now, I, I don't know that it's playable. Um, you know, I mean, he's making $22.8 million, almost $22.9 million now. So maybe it's just outside of even the realm of possibility. But it certainly uh, would resonate and would make that that next splash. And you talk about teams that need three stars. And if the Bucks have Giannis as a star, Brogdon is. I don't think Brogdon's going to be a star. I think Brogdon is a really solid contributor, a role player. But I think if Giannis is a star, Thon maybe, but it's down the road. Thon Maker, uh, Chris Middleton. I don't know. I think he's a really good player. I don't think he's going to be a star. And then, you know, Jabari was going to be the other one, but I don't know that that's going to happen. But CP3 would be one of those. Just, it just it popped into my head after Lucas had asked me about that this morning. On the, on the statue front, from the Green Bay Packers, Brewers, Badger football, Badger basketball, Badger hockey. And if you want to throw Marquette basketball in there, I think the easy one there is Dwayne Wade would be the next, don't you think, from a Marquette standpoint? They've already got the Al McGuire. I would think D. Wade would be next on that front. The other sides, I think for the Packers, it's obvious that it's Favre. Unless you don't consider the star uh, statue, which is in front of the rest center at the Bart Star tailgate plaza, uh, unless you don't consider that um, to be you know, part of the, the, the experience at Lambeau Field, yeah. then it should be Bart Star. Ray Nitschke would also be in play. Reggie White would be in play. But I think it would be Brett Favre. And I don't know if it was William Tausch who were talking about it, but Drew and I did talk about this before the show, and he said, um, why not wait till Aaron Rodgers is done and then put like some sort of statue with all three of those quarterbacks? Yeah. Kind of the trio all together. You do it all at once. Or would you build it piece by piece? Because Favre, Favre's going to have a statue. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. And if Favre has a statue and Aaron Rodgers... I mean, if Aaron Rodgers' career ended right now, don't you think he'd have a statue? 
I mean, he'd have um, a statue outside Lambeau if his career ended right now. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So those two are will will have theirs. It's just how do you want to execute it? Right. And Wade for Marquette. Is that what somebody said? That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Somebody else called in and said, uh, what about Robin Yount? Well, doesn't he have a statue? He does have one yeah, right, up, right up in front of the main entrance. Yeah. Behind uh, home plate in that, you know, that concourse area outside the stadium. Um, yeah. Yount already has one. So uh, Badger hockey, I think Jeff Sauer. Badger well, basketball would be Bo Ryan. Bob Johnson is somebody else called in at 877-729-1070. By the way, 877-729-1070 if you want to jump in on the statue deal. Uh, said Bob Johnson should have the hockey statue. Agreed. I guess, uh, you know, and, and hockey doesn't have any statues. They have Bob Johnson, the, the banner hangs from the rafters at the Cole Center. It's a great day for hockey. But, uh, yeah, Badger hockey doesn't have any statues, as is, is, is I can think of it. So, yeah, uh, I, I guess, you know, when I was thinking that, I was thinking Badger Bob was already recognized mm-hmm. um, with that banner. But, yeah, if you're going to start with a statue, if the banner doesn't count, yeah, that would make all the sense in the world. He began the program had the greatest success within the program. Yeah, that's a that's a no-doubter. I, I, I don't know why. I was thinking by Badger Bob because he's already recognized with a banner. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun conversation to think about because Peyton Manning's getting a statue for the Colts. So who gets the statues for the state of Wisconsin? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's in pro teams. And did we say in the box, is it is Kareem? Why doesn't Kareem have something? You should have something, right? Yeah, you would think. Um, well, okay, but here's my problem. Okay. What was he in Milwaukee for? Three seasons? That's uh, a good point. Let's see here. I'll, I'll Google it to get the exact answer. Because I think that's part of the issue with that, is that it's it's a very short window. You know, and, and by the way, on, on the Packers, on that trio quarterbacks conversation, when Rodgers' career is done... I know that somebody's going to come up with with somebody that goes back uh, a couple of generations, but I think that the Green Bay Packers would be the only franchise to have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Not in absolute succession, because you go star, and then there were a bunch in between he and Brett Favre in the mid-'90s. I mean, you you go 25 years in between. But star, Favre, and Rodgers— as three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, who else has that? Uh, by the way, Kareem played uh, seven seasons. Seven oh, I'm seasons. I'm sorry, six seasons in Milwaukee. Hmm. Averaged 30 points per game, scored 14,000 points. All right. 7,000 well, points. it's so early in my life. I just It seems like less that he was in Milwaukee. But, yeah, you know, and I would think that there would be some something in the works where the new ownership and the new arena, the new stadium is concerned, that there might be some of that. You know, they do it uh, so danged well at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. The latest one was Shaq. Um, you know, so, 
Yeah, will they have um, some statues where the the new Bucks Arena is concerned when it opens in 2018? I don't know. Uh, But Kareem certainly would be, you know, on that list of potentials. And so would Oscar Robertson. Um, You know, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that that seems to make all the sense in the world. 877-729-1070 is the phone number. 877-729-1070. So, yeah, we have... I mean, if you just want to begin there, with the Bucks, you would have Kareem. With the Packers, the next statue would be Favre. With the Brewers, the next statue could be Molitor. With Badger football, Dane. Badger basketball, Bo Ryan. Badger hockey, Bob Johnson. I don't know that anybody would, would have a strong complaint on any of those. No, I think that would be, there you go. I could also see Alan Amici, right? Like if you wanted to go really old school with Badger football. Couldn't you go... With Amici? Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, is that I don't see that there are going to be statues added. No, it's just fun. Yeah. We're just having fun in May. Right. Yeah. But I don't, you know, when somebody is thinking about it, well, where would they put that? They could replace that uh, that football corncob stack in the, you know, the outside the one entrance to Camp Randall. They could move that somewhere else. They could move that, um, but yeah, there there are two, and I don't know that there's uh, going to be any others added anytime soon. But yeah, I mean that makes for an interesting conversation, no doubt. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. We'll take a break here. Come back with uh, talking about the Brewers, and there was a comment made to me earlier today about the Brewers and the Red Sox, and I get bothered by these things. I'm going to lay it out there, John. You and I haven't talked about it. I'm going to lay it out there and then let you weigh in before I go off on it. How's that? We'll do that when we come back. This is The Mike Heller Show. So maybe, John, you can explain this on a Get Me Through a Wednesday edition of The Mike Heller Show. We had a bunch of callers, and uh, they... They don't want to go on the air. What are they uh, worried that they're not supposed to be calling radio shows while at work? They're all busy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't talk. I'm at work. Please. What do you think? We're 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 at work. Yeah, <laughs> we're working. No we're come on. But we're John. We're not calling radio shows when we work. That's true. Either. We are doing that. No. Uh, John uh, with an H tweeted in at Heller Sports. If they won't let Jerry Kramer in the Hall of Fame, how about we give him a statue? Hey. Okay. Kramer. Nick- Nick tweeted in, next Packer statue should be Jay Cutler. The one, but make it the Instagram picture of him. Yeah, with him uh, standing on the deck uh, overlooking uh, the, the Caribbean. Well, that would with be not lovely. Bear. Yeah, that would yeah. be a funny statue. Um, we had somebody call in that didn't want to be on the air, said, uh, for Badger basketball, Dick Bennett deserves a statue before Bo Ryan. I don't think so. I don't either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are different ways to look at this. Uh, but if you want to jump in on that conversation where statues are concerned, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. I want to tell you something I heard earlier today. And, and before I go off on it, I, I want to just – I'm going to step back and let you react to it. Or if you would react to it. Because I didn't. I was in uh, walking out of a meeting, so uh, I didn't. it wasn't the right time or place. But I take exception to it. All right, so here's what was said to me. Um, a certain Red Sox fan that works in our Milwaukee office. I already know who you're talking about, but keep going. 
said to me, because he, he was bragging on uh, his Red Sox last night, we didn't make any kind of a bet, but he did make an uh, Ian's Pizza bet with me on the rest of the series. Um, he said, because I said to him, how did it go last night? You know, kind of chiding him, just, you know, twisting the knife a little right, bit. Right, right. He said, well, listen, I'm a fan of both teams, so it didn't go good. I would prefer, as a fan of both teams right now, that uh, the Red Sox win, and I'll, I'll, you know, be happy if the Brewers win um, two years from now. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. That doesn't cut it for me. So his way of thinking is that he's a fan of both teams, so he wants the Red Sox to win now, and he wants the Brewers to win later. Okay. So, I, I, all right. What's your question? Well, should I be bugged by the concept no, it makes perfect sense. He Explain. Likes, okay, so he likes both teams, but he thinks winning right now for the Brewers um, won't mean much because in his head, the Brewers aren't going to be uh, a contender when it's all said and done at the end of the season, right? But he thinks his Boston Red Sox, who are they're behind the Yankee, what are they, second or third in the AL East? Um, he thinks they need the wins because they can be a playoff team this year. Well, the Brewers can't. So if he had to, perfect scenario, perfect world, give the wins to the team that he thinks is going to make the playoffs, and we'll talk about wins down the road when the Brewers are a better contender. Well, so, okay, so here's here's <clears throat> part of the rub. Okay, um, I think there's another motive there. There are people that would prefer that this Brewers team not win if they're not going to be a playoff contender because they want better draft choices. You know, like uh, tanking works in other sports at a certain extent. I don't think it, it applies so much in baseball. But here's my issue, John. None of us know what the Brewers are capable of right now. Craig Council said throughout spring training when asked about expectations, I don't want to set expectations because I don't want to set limits. Because I don't know what this team is capable of. Now, he's not saying, I don't know if this team is capable of winning a World Series. But he's also saying, I'm not telling you that we can't compete. That's my issue with with somebody that says, you know, and I know that Mitch has uh, divided loyalties. He's a Patriots Red Sox guy first, who just, you know, happens to have spent a fair amount of his adult life in Wisconsin. So he's also... By proxy, he is a Wisconsin fan, Wisconsin uh, Athletics, also the Packers and the Brewers and so on and so forth. But my point to this is, is, and this goes to guys like Patrikas and and those who are a little bit more wet blanket-ish on this current Brewers team. I'm not telling you that I think that they are a division title contender. And I'm not telling you that I think that in September they're going to play for a wild card spot. But, John, I'm also not going to rule it out. Whoa. I'll let them rule themselves out. Right now, I have watched this team play. I see issues where pitching is concerned. But I've watched this team hit through the first 33 games of the season. And it's, it's too small of a sample set. But it is more than 20% now of the way through the season. And I will let them dictate to me that they're not a contender for a wild card. 
I'll let them dictate it. I am not going to tell you by watching this team play right now that, hey, they're just, uh, they're just on a bit of a hot streak. They're, they're going to be a 10-game under 500 team. I'm not willing to go there. I'll let them dictate that to me. Does that make sense? That I just don't yeah, want you're, to... Yeah, you're, you're not... So that's why you have issue with what he said, because you're not ready to rule anything out, because why not? Let them decide it, not my expectations decide. Baseball has why nots every year. You know the, the sport that doesn't have why nots? The NBA. NBA. <laughs> the NBA doesn't have why nots. Yeah. You know, the NFL sometimes has why nots. You know, there are teams that... Kind of come out of the blue. Two years ago, I don't think that anybody expected Carolina to play to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship game. I mean, I, I just don't think they thought that. I don't think any. there were many that expected last year's Atlanta Falcons to play to a Super Bowl. The NFL occasionally has why-nots. Baseball has why-nots almost every year. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, Almost right. every year they have a yeah, why not. Sure, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's the sport where why nots can definitely pop up like that. Um, so why not the Brewers? Uh, they're fourth. When you talk about offensively, I, I think they're fourth in runs, first in home runs, and I'm looking up right now, fourth in RBI in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. So, yes, it's an early start, and stats it's not, sometimes yeah, but you know get what skewed, it, but yeah, you know what that's it is? a pretty good start. You know what it isn't, John? It's not 10 games. It's not 15 games. 33. It's 33 games. Now, that's not 60 games. It's not the All-Star break. It's not Memorial Day. But, John, I don't know. I'm just looking at the calendar. Memorial Day is two and a half weeks from now. So, I mean, so that's the, that's the point that you can define? So when the Brewers get to Memorial Day and, you know, they will have played another 12 games, 14 games, and that so that's 47 48 games and at 48 games if the brewers are 26 and 22 or if they're 25 and 23 at 48 games now 23 and 25 well i, I don't know it kind of depends on how they get there so i mean i don't look at their pitching and say hey this team can hey look out i'm not i'm not saying hey look out for the Milwaukee Brewers I guess at this point, I am just going to say, why not? Let them prove to me that it's not now. I see all of the bright signs of what the horizon looks like, but I feel a little sunshine right now on my, my brewer's shoulders. I, mean, I feel a little bit of that warmth, a little bit of that sunshine, and I'm putting on some sunglasses now. It's, they're, they're playing bright. It, it, right now, it looks like they are that kind of a team. I get it. Young teams go through, hey, they lost 9 of 11. And that might be down the road. But I want to let that play out. So the concept that says, and I get it, divided loyalties, a guy like Mitch has two teams that he wants to win. He wants the Red Sox to win, and he thinks they're ready now. And he does want the Brewers to win, but he doesn't want them to win at the expense of the Red Sox, who he thinks are already there. And he's probably right. But I don't have divided loyalties. And I'm not of the mindset that says they're not going to compete this year. Because why not? Let them prove to me the why not. You know, and if I go in now next door and say this to Drew Olson in the next segment of the show as he joins us, he's going to say, Mikey, just not, not now. It's not ready. 
But I, you know, Houston Astros, a bunch of other teams in the why not category. Drew Olson joins us. Coming up next on the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. Hey, it's a get me through a Wednesday on the Mike Keller Show. Welcome aboard. Uh, I'm in Milwaukee today. So I can uh, I can be at Miller Park tonight for Brewers Red Sox, uh, game two of that epic three game set. So much confidence on the Red Sox side of this bandwagon conversation that one Mitch Thunder Nellis, despite the Brewers already owning a one game to nothing lead in this three game series, Ian Pizza betted me earlier today that the Red Sox would win the series. Wow, that's confidence. Yeah. Mitch also said something else that bothered me. I just shared it with our Madison and Wausau audience, and I now share it with you as I welcome in into the Big 920 studios at where I am today in Milwaukee, joining Drew Olson. Hi, Drew. Hello. Good to have you here. John Audius, as usual, not allowed out of the studio in Madison. That's where he is. Hello, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? So this bugged me earlier, and you were there, when you, and you heard it. Uh-huh. And, and it probably didn't even bounce, you know, it probably didn't even play for you. It was a non sequitur, just like you, just you didn't there. even hear it. Um, Mitch said he's got divided loyalties, which I totally understand. And from a divided loyalty perspective, what he says makes sense. But otherwise, what he says just simply kind of bugs me. So I'm of the mindset, and Drew, you're going to say, slow down there. Slow down there, Mike Heller. You slow down. I would say on the Brewers right now, because Mitch said this. He goes, I'm a fan of the Red Sox and I'm a fan of the Brewers. But right now I'd rather have the Red Sox win because it's not the Brewers' time. My answer to that is, how do we know? Baseball is the one sport that we pay close attention to that has a why not just about every year. And I'm not saying, I'm not jumping on the the Brewers concept and saying, hey, this is a team that is built for now. Because they're not. They're built for the horizon. I'm looking at the horizon on the Brewers. However, when I hear somebody say, well, I just just assume or prefer that they lose, you know, in some some realm, somebody is going to say, I'd rather have them lose and make sure they have a better draft choice one more year. In Mitch's case, that's not what he's saying. He 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 has a belief that the Red Sox are there now. So every time they lose, and especially if they're going to lose to the Brewers, he'd prefer that the Red Sox win because he thinks the Red Sox will be there in September and these May losses hurt. He doesn't believe that the Brewers will be there in September. But, Drew, give me the why not against Milwaukee. I, I mean, I get it. I'm not, I'm not naive to the idea that this is a really young ball club with not a whole lot of pitching. But there are why nots in baseball, aren't there? I mean, it's we don't get them very often ever in the NBA. There are never, there is never a why not in the NBA. 
Because the, the best talent will rise. Yeah. And if you're untalented or too young, you're, you don't live in the why not world in the NBA. And typically you don't live there in football, although there are times you get a last to first almost every year in a division in football. But in baseball, it, it does happen. The Houston Astros have happened. The Kansas City Royals have happened. There have been teams that you didn't expect were there yet that were there. I'm not saying that the Brewers are there, but I don't want somebody to tell me until they prove to me that they're not by losing 11 of 13 or 17 of 21. Until they go through one of those and they're eight games below 500, I don't want, I, I'm not of the mindset right now to say it's just, it's not really possible. It's unlikely. It's not impossible. I, I, see, I highly like the, unlikely. I like that optimistic version of pessimism. Yes, highly unlikely. Uh, you want a reason? Oh, you want highly unlikely. Yeah, I would go oh, highly I just, unlikely. I, I like the unlikely uh, better than the highly unlikely. Brewers team ERA is 4.23, which yeah. right now is good for seventh in the league. And their offense is pretty good. But that's what tells me that it's perhaps highly unlikely. Highly. You don't go all in... Brewers have the third best offense in the National League, third most productive. But the pitching. It's always the pitching. It's the economy stupid. It's the pitching stupid. It's the pitching. That's why I would say I would pump the brakes. And uh, Mitch yeah. is a Brewers it, fan 159 days a year. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I kind of get what Mitch is saying. But there was a there was a part of me, Drew, the, the very thin-skinned uh, part of my Wisconsin sports fandom that said, wait, wait a second. You know, the Brewers have essentially the same record as the Red Sox. If they're in the same division, there's a half game difference between the Red Sox and the Brewers. Half a game. Now, the Brewers have the same record as the Chicago Cubs. I'm not telling you the Brewers are better than the Cubs or as good as the Cubs. I'm just saying that this isn't 10 games, not 15 games. It's also not 60 games. It's 33. And to point, the Brewers are a game above 533 games into the season. And they certainly could be better based on their run differential and other indicators of what kind of a team you are. And I'm just not that kind of person that says, no, no, it's not this year, until they prove it. And prove it in a bad way. That they can't play significant games in late July, August, or even September. I'm not predicting I'm just saying, I look at the numbers now, and just let the now be the now. Yeah, right? Okay, you with me? Um, so highly unlikely. Can, highly. You, can I get rid of the highly? You can Drew, you can you to. drop the highly? I can drop it. Just say it's unlikely. Just give me an unlikely. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unlikely. Thank you. I like that so much And that, that across-the-board comparison of what the Brewers' record is, you've got to factor in, Mike, that they're not playing in the AL East. Because if they were... I mean, the Red Sox, who you you saw them lose last night, but they're a pretty good outfit, right? They're 9-9 nine and nine in their own division right now. What would the Brewers' record be playing Baltimore, New York, Tampa Bay, and Toronto? Well, they did. They, they hammered Toronto. They, they obviously proved that the, the Toronto doesn't... Well, 
Uh, okay, but I Toronto, can all. Toronto's I can, twelve and twenty-one. Yeah, yeah I can. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we'll, we'll get back here, but uh, John, if you would like, we can start the show. This is the big three at three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. Let's continue the conversation about the Brewers. Why not Milwaukee? Or did we already settle that? Is that solved? That it's unlikely. Not highly unlikely, well, but it's uh, unlikely. I got. Unlikely. I, got uh, I officially got Drew to drop the highly. I, I got him to drop the highly version of unlikely. John, how would you view it? Uh, unlikely. But uh, not highly unlikely. Uh, probably not. Just because Depends on what we're talking about, right? Well, are we talking about, okay, well, let's, let's define that. Are we talking about competing for a wild card? Yes. I'm talking about play? August, uh, still in the hunt and What's in, still the in the conversation. As, as uh, within three or four games of a wild card. By August? By the middle of August. So you got 45 days left in the season, and you're still at 110 games into the season, 120 games into the season, that you're still in the conversation. All right. The Brewers started uh, to win the World Series. The Brewers started the season at 200 to 1. They're off. The fifth of the season is in 20%, the books. 20%, yep. What do you have them at now? Um, 100 to 1. 150 okay. to 1. 100 to 1? 150 to 1? Still pretty long shot. Right now, the oh, Brewers. Yeah, that's still yeah, unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's unlikely right, but, or highly but, unlikely. But, uh, okay, so let's make this distinction. I'm not talking about winning a World Series. I'm talking about being relevant in the middle of August. That's interesting because if you look at the wild card right now, the Dodgers and the Reds are the two wild card teams at 19 and 14 for LA and 18 and 15 for Cincinnati. The Brewers are a game back of being in the wild card 20% of the way May 10th. You're telling me that they can drop two or three more games from May to June. I mean, you'd have to be very consistent for many months here. So I'm going to go with unlikely. Yes, but I did get you both to eliminate the word to highly. Look at, to look at, to even look at what's highly silly is to look at the wild card standings on May 10th. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I think we've been That's trained ridiculous. that we don't get to look at them in yeah. June, July, and August. So and we're enjoying clip the, the moment. I was clip. looking at it because I was trying to determine, okay, can they be three or four games out of the wild card in August? What are they right now? Well, they're a game out right now in early May. So they have to go three more months yeah, but of you, hanging you, around. You look at it in a different way. You're very um, you're very specific and very... Um, like to look at statistics? Like well, look you're, at, you're, you're looking at it very literally. And in the literal sense, you're saying, oh, yeah, they're already a game. And if you drop another game in the next 33 and then another game in the next 33, uh, you'd have to be awfully consistent to be able to do that. I, I, I'm not going to be that uh, that way, John. That's too black and white on this. There's a lot of gray area here, John Audius. You're not going to use, like, stats to back up? Stats. Schmats. Stats. Number two. Uh, Manny Ginobili blocked James Harden near the end of the uh... – Spurs and Rockets game. By the way, um, also had a cool dunk against the Rockets, which NBA.com and the Twitter account at NBA put out a cool little 45-second video of Manu Ginobili's dunks throughout the year, which I've watched about 20 times. Check it out at TheBig1070.com slash John or TheBig920.com slash John. It's awesome. You'll probably watch it at least 10 times before you get out of work today. But it got us thinking, favorite old athlete. Who's your favorite old athlete? Now, this could probably be all-time or maybe current old guy because Manu's got to be right up on that list right now, still dunking on dudes and blocking shots at clutch moments. 
Well, I think historically we love our older athletes. Uh, Agassi became so much more popular when he was old. So did Jimmy Connors. Uh, from a competitive standpoint, even the un, the hard to like John McEnroe, the older he got, the more you liked him. Um, so I do think that we have an affinity for athletes as they get older. Um, Listen, the only reason I tuned into that game is because I knew it was tight. You know, I was watching the the Brewers game, and I kept getting notes that that game is tight. So I flipped back and forth to it. I still think I, – I get it. I understand it's the entertainment value of it. But I'm already fast-forwarded to June 1st. I see no yeah. real compelling interest in what's happening today. I don't think either San Antonio or Houston – can give Golden State a run. So it's like, uh, who's playing for th- for second place in the Western Conference right now? That's that series. That's pretty much it. So, But from right. a Manu Ginobili standpoint, yeah, that, that was really entertaining. Any Anytime an older athlete turns back the clock and has one of those, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm a fan of uh, Vince Carter. Still yeah. dunking. That's a good guys. one. Yeah, that's and he one. is old as dirt. I'm also a fan for obvious reasons. He should be pitching in Milwaukee. Bartolo Colon. He's 43. It's 43. And he's he's probably... <laughs> he's fantastic. He's, he's probably approaching um, 283 as far as LBs. Oh, at least. He's, huh? Oh, no. You, you don't he's think not. he's 300? I don't think he's under 300. I don't think he is. You don't think so? Have you seen him? You think he's three bills? I think he's three bills. No way. I think he is. I'll Ian's pizza bet you right now he's not three. How are you bills. gonna get the answer? Yeah, how yeah, that's just it. How are we gonna get the answer? I mean, he's not gonna weigh in for us. Can we trick him to, to walk across scale. the freight scale the next <laughs> right, time they're in I, Milwaukee? I'm gonna reach out via the Twitter. I'm gonna reach out or just text, I guess. Uh I'll reach out to Jim Powell, the voice of the Braves. And he he'll be my off the record source. Is Bartolo over or under three hundred? He's kinda on the record now, but come on, man. He's yeah. gotta be under three bills. Um he's he's in the he's huh? in the subdivision. Mm-hmm. He's in the subdivision. By the way, talking about the Brewers baseball season wild card and pizza bets, I, I don't know if we made a pizza bet, but Mike Pilch, update guy, tweets at John Audius Radio, that's J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S, and at Heller Sports. Comparison, 20% of baseball season is complete. That's equivalent of playing the first quarter of week four of the NFL season. So that'd be three games into the NFL yeah. season, starting week four, and you're like, man, this team might make the playoffs. Yeah, like you guys told me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a. Uh, they were the best four win team in the NFL last year. They so. sure were. Number one. Number one in our big three at three before we get to Kyle Petty, who's set to join us in less than five minutes. Uh, pick one statue for each pro slash college team. Who gets one in the state of Wisconsin? We bring this up because the Colts are giving a statue to Peyton Manning. I don't think anybody is due because uh, I think in Green Bay, where the Packers are concerned, it's probably more statue driven. I think Favre would be next. But I know that they were – I don't want to steal without saying this. Uh, Willie and Taos were talking about this earlier today. They talked about a trio. Um, you know, if you waited long enough for Rodgers to be done for a couple of years, maybe to go in the Hall of Fame, you yeah. could go star Rodgers Favre in a collective trio of yeah, statues. Hell of, a, hell of a ceremony. Yeah. To have that. Uh, Bart Starr has one outside the Rush Center. Yeah, it's the Bart Starr Tailgate Plaza. But it's off-site. It's not a Lambeau yeah. Field item, but it is right across from the Hudson Center. 
I'd like to see, and they'll have enough room with the remodel and title town and everything. How about a statue or statues of the Packers sweep? Oh, sure. Jim yeah, Taylor right. and Fuzzy Thurston and Jerry Kramer. Jerry Kramer. And, like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's some uh, – and where the other teams are concerned, uh, Molitor doesn't have one, correct? He does not. Uh, so, so Molitor would be – Likely won't. Dane uh, with Badger football. Yeah, Dane's a no-brainer, right? Bob I mean. Johnson with Badger hockey doesn't have one. Hmm. And then uh, D. Wade with Marquette. Because I, pretty good. Does Al McGuire have one already? I mean, they got the inside Al McGuire Center. Center. There is a statue. Yeah. So the next one would be yeah. D Wade. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of the great names in all of racing is the name Petty, Kyle Petty. He uh, he will join us. He's going to talk about more than racing. Kyle Petty joins us coming up next on the Mike Heller Show. Just after the bottom of the hour, we're going to visit with Darnell Coles, the Brewers hitting instructor. He's having a good start to the year. I don't know how I mean, typically, um, I don't know how much credit he's not going to absorb much of it. But we can talk to him about some of the things that we've seen from Keon Broxton, who, who started slow but has obviously had a great 15-16 game stretch uh, of late. And most of that comes after taking a, a pitch off the the C-flap uh, of his helmet. Uh, and Keon Broxton has been great, and he was great last night. We'll be able to talk to him about the Brewers hitting, which has been the story on the positive end for the Milwaukee Brewers. And 2-3-4, I was talking about this yesterday, Drew. Um, Keon is now hitting, but Domingo Santana hasn't really hit yet. Jonathan VR hasn't really hit yet. Um, Keon has now. They're not going to get a whole lot, I don't think, although I'm sure that they love the approach of Orlando Arcia, and we'll be able to talk to Darnell Coles about that because he's got to be thrilled that Arcia has done a lot of damage by waiting and going the opposite way, and he's shown great power and working with young guys like so many of the people on this roster are. So uh, look forward to that conversation with Darnell Coles, and you're familiar, and uh, hitting instructors... Um, it's a yeah. it's a bit of a strange deal because when things go bad they get fired. When things go yeah. good, it's hitters hitting well. And even well, that's the thing is you touched on it. At any one point, a third of the guys love him, and a third of the guys hate him, and the other third is kind of indifferent, right? Because the guys who are doing really well think he's a genius. The guys who are struggling think he's an idiot, and the guys who are doing what they always do think he's you know not doing anything. So yeah. that's hitters are a weird bunch, man. You're you're uh, it's one thing you're a coach and a psychologist all in one. Kind of how it all comes together, and uh, the the Brewers back at home tonight against the Boston Red Sox for a game uh, against the Red Sox. Uh, traditional starting time seven ten tonight at Miller Park. A day game, a matinee tomorrow, and then the New York Mets coming to town for the weekend. So it should be an interesting. Already has been uh, an interesting interesting start. The Brewers kept having to tag on runs last night, and they did it. They kept tagging on runs last night, and they needed. Almost all of them, even at 11-7 in the eighth inning, didn't quite feel safe. And the Brewers' bullpen um, and, and even their starting pitcher last night, Willie Peralta, who uh, gave up the leadoff home run that got staked to a big lead, couldn't hold it, didn't get through the fifth inning. And, and then the Brewers' relief corps um, had to keep having Craig Council go back for somebody else. Not ideal. When you when you watch a game like that, you say, oh, they won. That's great. But it wasn't a good game. In football, coaches like games like that because a lot of stuff you can show on the film that you did wrong. Yeah. 
did a lot of stuff wrong in that game, but you still won. So yeah. it's a sense of relief. And in baseball, they're quicker to turn the page. They don't, uh, you know, they'll just hope for a better day today. Yeah, and I'm interested. Uh, we'll go there a little bit with you later on talking about Jonathan VR because he has been, uh, you know, and obviously so, kind of a lightning rod for fans who are quick to judge and quick to want change. Uh, Jonathan VR has drawn the ire of the fan base because he's the new Carlos Gomez on the bases. Maybe even worse. I think he's made more mistakes on the bases than Gomez did. Gomez typically tried to turn a double into a triple and get thrown out or run through a stop sign and get thrown out. Um, VR, uh, you know, his, his trying to steal third base last night with runners at first and second and one out and Ryan Braun, the hitter, what are you doing? I heard somebody yeah. try try to reach out to one of the other shows today saying that's on uh, on Ed Cedar for, for sending him. Uh, uh, that somebody no. doesn't understand. Uh, he, he doesn't have a red light. He's got a green light. And the third base coach doesn't send Jonathan VR on a stolen base. That's VR thinking he can get a jump. And it's just it's the wrong mindset. It's the wrong mindset. Yeah. You have to consider the circumstances. First and second, one out. And Ryan Braun is the hitter. Stay close to the bag. Stay close to the bag because you just let the hitter do his work then. Let the hitter do his work. Yeah, especially when your best hitters are up. You don't want to be making outs. It's just not a good play. And there, there's something fundamental about stealing third with a good hitter up. Even if you make it, it's still kind of a dumb play. It doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't a whole make lot of sense. sense. Especially when you're a fast guy, it doesn't – it's just – the risk isn't worth the reward. Now, sometimes you get later in the lineup, the manager might go that. for a double steal because it takes yeah. away the possibility of a double play. Sure. If you had a slow-running hitter, if Martin Maldonado was still with the Brewers and he were the hitter yeah. with runners at first and second and one out, Craig Council might set up a double steal. Sure. But Jet, Jet Bandy's kind of slow afoot. Yeah. So, yeah. But not with both. Eric Thames or Ryan Braun or Travis Shaw right now no. at the plate. You no. don't do it. You don't, and what's you're going to score from second anyway? Yeah, if you're VR. So it, yeah. it, it, it's, been a, some... it's, it's a bit of a stat padding, selfish thing, you know, and it, and a, and a, an error of exuberance, right? It's a it's like oh, yeah. I'm trying to make things happen. I'm trying to help. I'm just trying to right and then... too charged up. So a guy like that, you want to you want to you want to enhance his skills and you want to give confidence and say you've got the green light all the time. But that's the the downside of it is he's got the green light all the time. Like not always. <laughs> You, got, you have to know when it's not on. We're not going to tell you, but you have to know when it's not on. And Craig Council last night after the game in the post-game press conference, he said it just wasn't a very good night for VR on the bases. Now, that's about as strong as you're going to get from Craig in that Truth. scenario. He's not going to say anything more than that. But I think what, what we run into, Drew, and you certainly know this, is that the average fan is thinking youth baseball and even high school and college baseball, that you would sit him down. You know, that you would yell at him yeah. in between innings. You know, that's where the we see coaches pull a player over and put their armor yeah. on him and say, that's not Major League Baseball. You know, that's you know, how it goes. It, it doesn't work that way, and some people have a hard time really? with that. They say it should work that way. Well, it doesn't. You play every day. There are no practices. You play 162 in 172 days. Uh, you're, right. you're not going to have a manager that's going to pull you aside as you walk off the field and sit you down and say, no. we're benching you for two days. Now, there are times when guys don't hustle or things of that nature. Or 
if you know you had the conversation behind closed doors and then he goes out and does it again, then then you might. Yeah. But you're not going to see it within a game because nobody wants to embarrass somebody. You have to hold on to this guy and make sure that his future is bright. And you don't want the manager to show up a player. So when Craig Council says he didn't have a good night on the bases, I haven't seen the lineup today. He might be back in the lineup. He, I'm, well, just wait and see when he comes yeah. out. But in that regard, right. that fan that wants the manager to chastise the player on camera so we can see it because that's what they do in high school, that's what they do in high school. The anecdote that I used to describe just this situation was in the late... 90s, Brewers had Fernando Vina, who was at Fantasy Camp. You'll see him next year at Fantasy Camp, Mike. Um, he was a coach. He had done some stupid stuff just like this, swinging at 3-0, out stealing when he shouldn't have, doing something like that. One of his things was he went through a stretch where he would ground out and not touch first base. He would peel off before touching first base, which is, you don't do that in the major leagues, right? So that's like the baseline of hustles. you got to touch the bag and make it look like you're trying. Right, so that parents in the stands can say, "Look, he runs out every ground ball, even though you're running at seventy percent or sixty percent of your maximum effort." He had done this. Phil Garner had seen enough. I was the only reporter on the road. I was the only reporter in the manager's office after a game. Ten minutes after the game, Phil Garner walks into his office, sees me, slams his hat down on his desk, and said, "That bleep bleep Vina, I'd like to bench him for a week." <laughs> and then he sat down and he sighed and he looked at me and he said, "And we'd lose seven games because we can't win without him." So what do you do? Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. He's our he's our guy. Yeah. Like you can't weaken the entire effort because of this. You'd like to do it. So and we, that was the thing. And Vini was the leadoff hitter. He was the only guy hitting. He was playing good defense. So there were pluses, but he couldn't do that. Hey, teach that guy a lesson thing because he wanted to keep winning games. So if we went psychologically deeper into this, Jonathan VR had a had a contract offer from the Brewers, right? An extension. Yeah. yeah. Turned it down. So he's kind of singing for his soup right now, right? Yeah. So trying to trying to get established. If is there maybe some of that that's in play? That you talked earlier about selfish stats. Mm-hmm. Is there maybe? I mean, what are we amateur psychologists? But well, yeah. we are talking sports. Is he trying too hard to do things that maybe increase his value? Yeah, players do think like that. There's no doubt. You know, players in a contract year, am I going to give myself up and ground out to the right side and move this one to third? Or am I going to try to knock him in with a ball off the right. wall? Yeah. The team thing to do is you know, give yourself up. And, and, it, and not everybody does it. Part of what I think VR's value is, is uh, from a monetary standpoint, is that there are measurables. And his agent, uh, in talking to, to ball clubs about negotiating, whether that's with the Brewers or somebody else, you know, a 40 steel guy is far more, you know, makes you some money. and Because otherwise there's no advantage last night. I, I know that he felt like maybe the pitcher wasn't checking on him, but you got a strong throwing catcher. Third base is the hardest base to steal because even when you think you got a good jump, if the catcher makes a good throw, you're going to be out. They're, oh, yeah. Third base is it's just too easy of a throw, and Braun could see him going. Now, Braun, it's not a cold steal. Some people got confused because they saw Braun shorten up as if to bunt. But that's just Braun seeing VR go, and he's not going to swing on VR going. So Braun just ate the pitch, 
and that's and then not optimal. Got thrown out. And some guys like that, like Braun, don't like guys running. They don't for that reason. They don't like it's a the distraction. distraction. They don't want it. And they, they don't want the guy dancing off second base trying no. to get the big lead and draw the throw. No, they don't. They, want it. they want you to be still. Don't distract me. I'm yeah. I'm the team's best hitter. Let me do my job. You're already on second base. So you're going to score on what I do. So let me do my so job. So the psychology of it is yes, VR. It's it, it becomes sometimes it becomes like a um, quicksand for players. They, they want to do so well. They're trying so hard. They're on edge all the time, trying to do what they can to pump up their value and get that extension. When they've been offered, I think it. Was- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was 19 or a $20 million extension that he apparently turned down. They never confirmed that, but that's what we thought it was. When you've been offered that money and you said no because you're betting on yourself, that impo- that that compounds sure. the pressure that you put on yourself and you see guys start to circle the drain. Because it's happened before. So he needs to just go out and do what he did last year, which is easier said than done. Steal 50 bags and get on base at a good clip, and then you'll get the money. Yeah, and there, there is that psychology that says, you know, some people were critical of Ryan Braun for leaving money on the table when he signed the long-term deal. But once players sign long-term deals, everybody's wired a little bit differently, and you can't anecdotally look at the, how they perform and then say, well, he relaxed because he signed the long-term contract with all the money guaranteed, and you don't have to worry about it. But sometimes that's really what it is. You, yeah, you, I'm you're peace not, of mind. You're not singing for your supper every time out. You're not trying to earn that arbitration money when you sit in front of the arbitration hearing the following winter. You're just trying to be a good teammate, trying to do the things that you do. Uh, so we had a miss here on Kyle Petty. We hope that we can get that rescheduled and jump into that conversation at some point later, either today or down the road. Uh, but we'll work on that. In the meantime, Darnell Coles, the Brewers hitting instructor, he will join us when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on a Get Me Through a Wednesday, Mike Heller Show, along with Drew Olson and statewide in Wausau, Appleton. Uh, oh, Appleton joins us in about 30 minutes, but on in Milwaukee, Wausau, and in Madison, and wherever you might be listening to us nationwide on your iHeartRadio app. Welcome aboard. We uh, welcome in Darnell Coles, the Milwaukee Brewers hitting instructor. Darnell, um, I understand you, you at one point played in Wausau, right? I mean, I- it, that would have been early for you, right? I did. Uh, that was when I could grow an afro. Now I'm a little <laughs> suspect, but, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed every minute of playing in Wausau. You and Harold Reynolds tore it up in the Midwest League back then, didn't you? That was fun, absolutely. <laughs> Nineteen years old, Seattle's got you. You're going to Wausau. Did you? Did you have any idea where Wausau or Wisconsin were at that point? Oh, I had a feeling where uh, Wisconsin was just based on uh, geographical on the map, but not uh, the city of Wausau. But I would not have traded any of those experiences in for the world because it was a great time with a great group of guys and uh, learned a lot. Obviously, I was one of the younger guys on the team. I think I was 19. 
uh, years old with an older group of college players, uh, Harold included, and enjoyed every minute of it. A lot of bus rides, a lot of fun on those bus rides, I'm sure. <laughs> See, you get Bill Schroeder, you, you get guys of your vintage, Bill Schroeder. The, the stories that come from A-ball and the low minors are always, they're almost more fun than the big league stories. Is playing in the minor leagues, there's no way it's more fun to play in the minor leagues than it is in the big leagues. There's no way it's in any way better, but it seems like those are the stories you remember. Well, those are the stories you remember because you probably can't tell them. <laughs> but, uh, I think that, you know, once you get to the big leagues, obviously it's a, it's a different set of uh, stories. You're you're trying to win world champions, even though you're trying to win championships and earn your way to the big leagues and the minor leagues. But you know, once you get to the major leagues, the expectation of winning, um, the uh, frustration of struggle when you uh, aren't doing as well as you feel like you can or should. Uh, because the other teams obviously done their scouting report and and made sure that they understand what you do, when you do it, and how you do it. Um, that would be called analytics nowadays. I think what they'd call there, that in the minor leagues or the major leagues when I was playing was, uh, we're just going to shift him over here and hope <laughs> that he gets it there. So, um, but all in all, you know, the experience of playing in the minor league, uh, leagues, you, you don't or you can't trade that in because ultimately once you get to the big leagues, all those lessons that you learned hopefully translate to a long big league career. Well, there's so many tools that you use, Darnell, as a hitting instructor now that just didn't exist then, and, and the video study and breaking out clips and being able to look back at things. W- what is the most valuable element of, of those new tools for you to help teach young hitters today? Well, I think the, the, it's, it's uh, the understanding of having a plan you know, you're going to get a lot of information in a short period of time. You're going to get uh, a distinct understanding of what teams are going to do. I think they do their homework and that they know basically uh, what you do when you hit a ball on the ground or where it goes most of the time. Uh, they they know what you do on fastballs, middle way, middle end. So there's so many different analytical things that, that come into play, but as a player, understanding the kind of hitter you are, understanding what it takes each and every day for you to get ready to lay your A swing out as many times a day during the game as you possibly can because you don't want to overlaunch on, on too much video or too much early work, uh, which isn't translating to good ABs during the game. So you got to understand situational awareness. Uh, you've got to understand... Um, the basics of what it takes for you to get on your hitting position on time so that you can recognize up, down, in, or out, the speed of pitch, uh, and all the other things that kind of go with that. So I don't think that there's one tool that uh, generally puts these guys in a, uh, in a good spot, but I think the multitude of tools and, and uh, the understanding of what teams are trying to do allows you to get yourself in a great frame of mind to uh, go out and lay your space swing out as many times a game as you can. Well, based on what Eric Thames is doing and what Cecil Fielder did a generation ago, going to the Far East uh, apparently helps your swing. You went and played <laughs> in the Far East. Is, uh, what is it about Eric Thames? What is it about examining <laughs> yourself playing over there that helps? Is it the sushi? What is it that helps guys uh, kind of find their stroke there? Well, I, I think for him it was, an opportunity to go and, and figure things out and mature as a hitter because uh, he was his own hitting coach for three years. So I think it's more trial and error than anything else. I think over there you're learning to hit off speed. 
a lot more uh it's a lot more prevalent so you've got to understand when you got to get ready be able to take what the pitcher gives you and when he makes a mistake uh get him so i think that uh, so far, so good. All those lessons that he's learned has made him a more mature hitter that's allowed him to come back here and see if it plays. And I think that uh, he said uh, multiple times that he didn't put any expectations on himself. Um, you know, I haven't put any expectations on him except for I just want them to go out and compete, don't give any at-bats away, understand what they're trying to do, and be short and quick to the ball. And so far, so good. He's just done just that. Now, let me ask you about two guys, and I know they're not uh, uh, the same, but I want to ask you about Keon Broxton, who got off to a slow start and then took one off the C-flap, but in the last 15 games has been dynamic and, and a really good hitter. And Orlando Arcia, who uh, such a young guy, but let me uh, have you talk through a little bit of what you see from both of those guys and their approach at the plate today. Well, in Keon's case... Um... You know, after after getting hit in the face, um, you know, uh, a, a grazing of getting hit in the face, he didn't actually get squared up in the face. But again, you get a little hesitant to to attack balls on the inner half of the plate. So first, getting back to being comfortable. The best part about that was is that he got back in right away, so there wasn't a down period of time where he was away from it uh, for too long. But the consistency of getting in his hitting position on time, his early work routine, understanding what teams are trying to do, staying inside the ball, not working around the ball. Uh, if you've seen, he's got a lot of hits to right center field or in the right field corner just based on the consistency of staying on the ball and not trying to pull everything. Uh, even though he's been hit a couple times, he's kind of learned how to get out of the way and track balls a little better. So, in his case, I think the understanding of being able to stay through the middle has allowed him to be consistently better over this period of time. Now, in Arcia's case, um, you know, he's got a few more moving parts, um, you know, his hands and trying to keep everything connected with his lower body is starting to transition into better ABs. It started in spring training. Uh, you saw stretches of good ABs, and uh, but the consistency of seeing the same pitching that we see in our division, uh, we didn't see that in spring training. So now you're running into cold weather. You see the Cardinals, you see the Cubs early, and, and they're starting pitching and their bullpens are very good. So it's not a matter of, of him struggling or us struggling as a whole because we've gotten off to a good start. I think what it's, what it's distinctly doing for him is giving him an understanding of trial and error and under fire early. So now as we start to play some of the teams that go out west, he's already been under fire in our division, so now it allows him to free up and, 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 and swing the bat better, and that's exactly what he's doing. I know it's never a struggle for you, Darnell, to get guys to talk about hitting. They're obsessed. Um, they live it. They breathe it during the season. But do you guys ever talk about what opponents are doing in their approaches? Because clearly what the Red Sox, you know, they make their hay by working pitchers and getting pitch counts up and taking pitches and stuff. And when you notice somebody at a game plan that other teams have, do you bring that into the discussion or do you try not to over? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reload your guys. Well, I mean, the good part, I, I try not to overload our guys, but again, having Travis Shaw in our clubhouse, and he's been with the Red Sox, he knows what what their hitting philosophy is and the things that they did and, and continue to do. And obviously they've got a good group of young hitters uh, that understand what they're doing. They take pitches, they battle, they don't strike out as much. And when they get a good pitch, uh, they, they very rarely miss it, but then they don't chase down. Um, again, with, uh, with our philosophy, obviously you set the bar and now you're trying to raise the bar. And again, we struck out a lot, obviously, and, and strikeouts are of, a concern overall uh, in baseball as a whole. But for me personally, because I think that, uh, you know, the strikeout doesn't really hurt you as much until you're in a situation where you need to put a ball in play uh, with runners on second and third, less than two outs, run on second with no outs, run on third with no outs. You, when you've got to put the ball in play and they're giving you runs, um, you've got to be able to put the ball in play and take those runs so you're not chasing those runs later. Uh, because if teams are giving you runs early, you take them, you hit a ground ball, whatever it is, you're going to concede the out, but you're just going to make sure that it's a quality out and a productive AB that allows you to score runs early and your pitchers to relax and not have to pitch with a one-run lead late in the game instead of a three-run lead when you had an opportunity to drive in two runs early. Final thought or two with Darnell Coles, the Brewers hitting instructor. When you watch Eric Thames hit, what is it as as a hitter and as an instructor of hitting, what is it that most impresses you about his approach and what he's been able to do for the first six weeks? Well, the consistency of not missing pitches that he goes up there looking for. I think that he's got a small strike zone. He understands uh, what he needs to do to hit the ball in that box. And he, and he very rarely gets away from it. I think that in the last couple of weeks where there was some struggle, I think it was more based on uh, umpires kind of giving a little more on the outer half or on the inner half. And when you expand, and that may be in a pitch and a batter, maybe a pitch somewhere in a sequence that forces you to swing at a pitch that you may think or deem as a strike, uh, but uh, – but when you look at it later on, it's like, man, that ball was maybe a ball out of where I was looking or a ball inside of where I was looking. So you're trying to just make sure that you stay within the framework of what you're trying to do. Don't allow the pitcher to dictate to you what he wants to do. You dictate to him, and when he gets you, gives you a pitch that you should smash, you got to smash it because you don't get those pitches very often. Final minute, Darnell, i got one last thing for you. Ryan Braun coming back from any kind of little brief layoff or a day off or a couple days off for an injury. Next time he does it, I'm going to Vegas because it seems like his first at bat, he hits a home run or he gets an extra base hit. When he's missed a, a little <laughs> bit of time, it's uncanny. Last night, first inning, I'm like, oh, he's going to get hit here. I, I, you can you set your watch by it. What does the guy do? Well, I, I think in Bronny's case, he's uh, one of the top ten hitters in baseball uh, and, and unquestionably a player that understands, does his homework, um, has a short swing. Obviously, he can hit for power. He's a run producer. I think we all understand and know that. But he just has a, has a good understanding of what his swing consists of and being able to stay behind the ball, 
not have a whole lot of head movement, being able to recognize early. Um, we have an eye system um, that we have in place that, that guys that happen to struggle with uh, search patterns and when they pick the ball up and all the other stuff, it allows them to consistently work on uh, their, eye, their eyes, you know, before we start hitting the shorm, um, in a short frame so that allows them to, to uh, pick the ball up early, understand uh, the spin of the ball, where it's going, and, and get in a good position to lay your A swing out. So Ronnie's very good at that, very good at, at uh, paying attention to detail, and he's been great for our younger hitters. And uh, every time he's in the lineup, he's a game changer. And, and when he's not, uh, you're always trying to figure out a way to uh, have a spot where he can get up where they can't pitch around him so they can do damage, and he's done just that. Darnell, it's always fun to visit with you. We appreciate the the time today, and uh, go ahead and keep raking, and uh, and good luck tonight. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I'm just trying to stay out of everybody's way. Right now, we're in right. place, and I'm just trying to keep them there. Good call. Very good. Thanks, Darnell. Uh, Darnell guys. Coles, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers hitting instructor, joining us. And this is a team that's hit. You know, they they and the, and the, the the crazy thing about baseball and hitting is that you never, not all hitters, not all eight hitters are ever going to hit at the same time for any extended period of time. There's usually three, and then there's three that are in the middle, and then there's two or three that aren't hitting very much at all. The Brewers have done a pretty good job of yinging and yanging so far in the first 33, and uh, they're a game above 500, but the offense probably deserves to be even more than that. We continue with more in just a few minutes. Stick around. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd, we're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Heller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. It's a Get Me Through Wednesday on the Mike Heller Show. Welcome aboard, and we now go fully statewide as we welcome in our favorite listeners on the score in Appleton who now join us on the Big 920 as well in Milwaukee, the Big 1070 100.9 FM in Madison and 100.5 FM in Wausau, wherever you might be listening to us on your iHeartRadio app. And if you don't have the iHeartRadio app, what the heck are you doing? It's on your phone. Just go to the app store. It's free. Download it. And you can listen to our iHeartRadio stations from all over the country. And we're with you wherever you go. So if you're on vacation in Austin, Texas, listening to some great music, during the day you can take this talk show with you. It's always with you. All of our shows are always with you. So download that iHeartRadio app. I don't know what you've been waiting for. So we welcome you all in on this Wednesday afternoon. By the way, the Brewers lineup is out, and it's not a huge surprise that Jonathan VR is not in the lineup tonight. So a message is being sent we need to be more responsible on the base paths. You are responsible for the outs that you make on the bases. That message being sent directly to Jonathan VR. 
you, you want Hernan Perez in the lineup every night anyway, and he can play any position. So the timing works well, and it was probably an easier decision for Craig Council to say, VR, you get the night off, and I think you know why. Plus, we want Perez in the, in the lineup just about every night anyway. We are sending a message. Message sent. Message sent. Yeah. Will it be received? We'll see. I mean, VR had his ups and downs last year. and yeah, I remember watching Carlos Gomez and how frustrated people were with him. He needs a second base coach. What are they doing? And when the light went on, he was an all-star. That's yeah. what, and when you see the talent, you see him at his best, you see why they're being patient. So yep, absolutely. That's the that's the soup that the and, Brewers are in. And VR is one of those guys. He's that guy. I mean, he, th- there is great talent there. And I think they love the concept of Arcia and VR up the middle for the foreseeable future. But you are responsible for what you do on the base path. So I'm Mike Heller in studio in Milwaukee, joining here with Drew Olson. Hey, Drew. It is good to have you here, and you're headed for the ballpark tonight, Yeah, I'm right? going to go over to Miller Park tonight for Brewers and Red Sox 7-10 first pitch. And it is Chase Anderson on the mound tonight for Milwaukee. They'll play a matinee tomorrow. John Audius is back in our Madison studios. Hello, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? I'm just watching video of Manu Ginobili dunk on dudes. I can't stop watching this video. What? what is, why? Wow. I don't get it. It's because he's just awesome, slicing through the lane like Duncan. He's athletic. He's good. He's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. Like, he's not been? new. Well, he did it again. He did it again at the age of 39. not a 19-year-old kid that, hey, you wait till you see this guy. No, I know. It's just Anybody here, Manu Ginobili? Look it, at this guy. What he can do. John just heard about an Ikea store in Oak Creek, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Breaking news to John Audius. I had no idea. Did you, did you hear Favre went to the Vikings? Yeah. Oh, he did hear that. Did you hear that one? I just well, we got to know what what's breaking news to John and what's not. <laughs> yeah, John, you're being made fun of, which is good. Uh, Kobe retired. John, did you hear? When? Yeah. Uh, no, it happened. <laughs> what? 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 Uh-huh. Uh, James Harden. Last night, this tweet came out from Sports Center after the game. Tweet goes out from Sports Center saying James Harden. Joined Magic Johnson as the only players with a triple-double on the road against the Spurs in NBA history. Why was that newsworthy? Why even waste the 140 characters? On the road against the Spurs on only a Tuesday night. Only he and Magic night. had ever done it. Wow. And, yeah, that's a reach. And, and I uh, quoted the tweet and sent out... Um, missing something here? Harden's final 11 seconds of regulation and overtime... Oh, for three from the with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Floor, four turnovers, two fouls, no assists, no rebounds. Yet SportsCenter sends out the triple-double tweet that he joined Magic Johnson. And yet, did you not watch the end? I thought the end of the game was atrocious. I thought Houston's possession (laughs) was bad and San Antonio's was just as bad. They didn't get a shot off. Epic. We saw a lot of that in the NCAA tournament. There was, they were paying homage. My goodness. And uh, But very competitive. And now San Antonio takes a 3-2 lead, and they'll go back to Houston for Game 6 in that one. Much respect to Manu, though. 
Oh yeah, Ma, that's that's impressive what Manu has has done. No doubt, John's just catching video. Who's this Manu Ginobili this guy? guy? Wow, he's dunk slicing and dunking. It was cool Not to him. have it all in like one little video where I'm just watching it over and over. John is so easily. Have you seen this, Drew? He's easily he's, distracted. Yeah, shiny things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Manu, look at this video. Yeah. Can you see this? All right, you ready? This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. All right, number four in our Big Four at four. Uh, What do we got here? Uh, Did you see this story? Indians Uh, owner Paul uh, Dolan spoke at an event last week, and during a Q&A with audience members revealed that Chief Wahoo is either on his way out or on the way. Well, it might take a couple of years, according to Dolan. So it's Chief Wahoo. Of the Indians, when does that mascot need to be retired? Twenty years ago, <laughs> in nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I understand that the, the the old guard wants to hang on to it. I get it, but for, what's the real purpose? You know, you know, I have a greater issue. I had a greater issue with North Dakota the Fighting Sioux dropping their name. I had a bigger issue with the Marquette Warriors dropping their name. Dropping the mascot, I don't have as much of an issue with that. I, I think it's probably appropriate. If we're talking about name changes or mascots going away, the the most inappropriate name in sports, my opinion, and I'm not Native American, so I don't pretend to walk in, in those shoes, but the Washington Redskins have been the biggest issue for a long time. Chief Wahoo for the Cleveland Indians, what are they going to do? Uh, the Atlanta Braves, Okay. What about the Florida State Seminoles? I mean, what what ones are and are not okay? Redskins isn't okay. Hasn't been in a long time. No. It's it's it, and it's in our nation's Pe- capital. People are passionate about that, though, and it's uh, there is history behind it. You're aware the Chief Wahoo is. Uh, they, they say it's what the late Louis Alexis, the guy from the 1800s. And it's like an homage, but even his family now is like, yeah, we wouldn't mind if that went away. So uh, you, you, you're you're more part of this history here. What was the what was the big, especially with a private university? What was the drive behind the Warriors? They had a president at the time that was into it. I think they just they were trying to get ahead of the PC curve. I think public and universities. I totally get in that regard because yeah, you're trying to get public. There was money. absolutely no pressure. In fact, the pressure came the other way that donors threatened to stop writing checks if Man. they changed from warriors. And then they did it and they went to gold, which was dumb. And they didn't have a, you know, they, they just kind of foisted that on people. And then they had the contest and golden Eagles was re-racked. It was a, it was their new Coke moment at Marquette. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't positive a couple of weeks there no. for the university. I think yeah. Armin, uh, our producer here on the Milwaukee side of things, he might have been at school at that point. Yeah, I mean, the Golden State Warriors still work, right? I mean, yeah. they don't have an issue. They don't have a bad logo. I mean, Marquette had... Marquette Change had, the logo if you want to. Marquette had the Willy Wampum logo with the tomahawk thing, and they had, and then they went the other way in the 80s. They had um, the first warrior, which was a Native American student that was on scholarship that would do a dance during timeouts and mm-hmm. stuff, and that would, you know, and they were trying to enhance the and spotlight the culture, and then they just decided that to, to get rid of it. Yeah, too bad. Number three. All right, Mike, you were very hey, frustrated at something Mitch Nellis said about the Brewers. Welcome he, to my world. He well, was, yeah. I, you know, Mitch can, you know, 
He he made he did make a, a Red Sox Brewers series bet with me after the Brewers won Game One. Oh baby! So I mean I if, would have lost the same bet had somebody from the Cubs done that when the Brewers won the first game in Chicago and then lost. If the, the Brewers next win tonight, you should just drive to Ian's Pizza on the east side <laughs> of Milwaukee no and say put it on Nellis's yeah. tab. Mitch has this one. Yep. Um, no, what he he's a fan of both teams, so I'm going to give him a, a little bit of a slide on this one. But he said. As a fan of both teams, I wasn't happy last night because I'd rather have the Red Sox win now. The Brewers' time is a couple of years from now. But baseball's one of those why-not sports. So I'm not telling you that I think that the Brewers are in this absolutely for the long haul or that they will be playing meaningful baseball in September. But I I am not going to wish away wins because it helps their draft status, or it could help another team, because I don't have a rooting interest in any other teams. So I understand Mitch's point, but I'm not a buyer of it, because I'm not willing to concede that the Brewers can't play meaningful baseball throughout the summer. I'll concede it when it's proven by the course of their record, and by you know if they lose 15 of 18 at some point and play themselves out. But until that happens... I'm not willing to just concede and say, nope, can't happen. Because it can. Not saying it will, but it can. Baseball can do that. Mitch's logic is not flawed, but his reasoning, though. I mean, why didn't he just say, I like the Red Sox more than the Brewers? The Red Sox play the Brewers in the World Series. Mitch would want the Red Sox to win in seven games. I agree. So, therefore, the idea that it's not the Brewers' time, just say, you like the Red Sox more. That's okay. That, that's a more legitimate thing than it's not their time well, yet. Yeah. And the, the three games, are, in the scheme of things, they only play each other three times. It's not that big a deal. Mitch will be all on with the Brewers leading into the All-Star break this year when they're in Yankee Stadium playing New York. He'll be there with a the Brewers you know, face painted. So so let me ask you this question. Is, is, now the, is it now that it's time for the Yankees? They're the surprise story of Major League Baseball. They're pretty good, yeah. But it's a very young team that nobody anticipated that this run would happen with what the Yankees have done out of the gate so far this year. So I guess my point is, baseball is more of a why-not sport than the NFL and certainly the NBA. The NBA (laughs) is never a why-not sport. Uh, It it is cream rises to the top, and you can tell by the talent on your team, whether you have a shot or you don't. And you can tell that in October and November. You don't have to wait. In baseball, it's different. And this is a Yankees team that is 21 and 10. Who saw that coming? So the Brewers are a game over 500. The Red Sox are two games over 500. I'll just, I'll just, I'm not telling you that I would right now make a season long bet that the Brewers will finish with a better record than the Red Sox. It doesn't matter. They're in. Two different leagues. However, I'm looking at the Brewers today and saying, hey, they, they played pretty well. I'm not ready to concede anything 33 games in, and I'm not promising anything 33 games in. I'm just right now enjoying the view and the ride and the journey, uh, even if the destination isn't what I'm going to want it to be, but I'll let that prove itself out. Number two. Number two in our big four at four. Uh, did you guys hear about this player for the Spurs? His name is Manu Ginobili. He's, oh, geez, he's amazing. He's 39. Wow. And he 39 blocked... year old NBA rookie. He's yeah. never played here before. And he blocked the shot of James Harden uh, at the end of the Spurs Rockets game. And it got me thinking uh, so who's your favorite old athlete, quote unquote old athlete? Because Manu is uh, 
Still getting it done. Still making some com- contributions at the age of 39. Well, let me ask you a question. What was more impressive by Manu Ginobili? The, the two-pointer late in regulation that ends up being the one that sends it to overtime? The drive to the rim? The left-hand, one-hand scoop lay-in? The dunk down the lane? Or the block shot? Because I think of those three plays... The block shot was the easiest. James Harden made that easy to block that shot. Yeah, the dunk, I would say. Yeah, the dunk was impressive. The yeah. drive to the rim was impressive. The block shot, the, uh, uh, most players in the NBA are going to block that shot. James Harden didn't lean. I think he felt like maybe he left the defender behind him. There was no room to leave the defender behind him. I thought that was a poor play by James Harden, and the Ginobili was the savvy defender that blocked the shot cleanly, but it wasn't an extraordinary, like LeBron James swat away running down the length of the court. It was Ginobili just being a smart basketball player and James Harden not making a smart offensive play. My favorite old athlete right now is probably Vince Carter. Might have been David Ortiz last year, but now it's Vince Carter because he's still dunking on guys and he's ancient. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite... Current old athlete. We we have ten. Tom Brady. Well, did you guys mention Bartolo Colon? I love Bartolo Colon. Bartolo, how old is he? He's uh thirty-eight and about two hundred and fifty (laughs) pounds. Two (laughs) eighty. He'd have Um, to lose weight to get to two fifty. They list him at two eighty-five. He's forty-three. You think he's three bills? If they're listing him at two eighty-five, that's usually like that's your driver's license weight. I mean, come on. That's like, do you think he's, he's six foot, 285? Ah. Well, I, I haven't know, seen him pitch this year. I, I don't think, I don't know that I've seen him on TV. I know our pitch friends last Our friends just to the south of us on the north side of Chicago a year ago, that guy would have been David Ross, their favorite old player. It's true. Yeah. Um, I, I know in St. Louis, their favorite old player now is Yadier. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Brewers don't have an old player, do they? Who's the? I don't. I mean, not Ryan Braun. I mean, it's like that's Ryan Braun's old, the, yeah. he's Ryan, the, he's the elder he's the statesman old guy. Yeah, there's no old guys in the NFL. Garza. They don't. You know, other than quarterbacks uh, in some places, there are some no. old guys. Everybody's going younger. Uh, but I know that people love Jimmy Connors late in his tennis career, and Andre Agassi, uh, John McEnroe. Even if they weren't loved early, they get loved later because now they they kind of grow on you. And uh, and you want that older guy to have more success. Freddie Couples has been popular his whole career, but every time he competes in the Masters or he's at a Champions Tour event, he's always one of the favorites. Uh, I don't know who the old guy is I I like. We mentioned a bunch of them. Uh, A little bit off topic before number one. I saw this meme earlier this week, and I wanted to run it by you guys, okay? It was uh, from NFL Memes. It says, fourth quarter, two minutes on the clock, no timeouts, and your birth month needs to score to save your life. They have different quarterbacks for different months of the year. Uh, They ask, are you dead or alive? So, for example, October is Mark Sanchez for me. That's my birth. I am dead. So I want to know who has the best quarterback on this meme I saw. Uh, Drew May, right? I mean, we just yesterday. You've got Cam Newton to save you. With got two a minutes. score, two minutes, mm, no times. Mike, when's your birthday month? November. Drew Brees. Oh, man, you guys I think I win that one. Brees, yeah, I would take Brees over Newton. I got Sanchez. I, I tweeted that out earlier. I thought it was fun. At John Audius Radio on Twitter. Well, what, Number one. What, who got Tom Brady and who got Aaron Rodgers? Uh, what months? Aaron Rodgers, if you were born in March, you get Rodgers. Uh, they didn't put Brady on here. 
What? Oh yeah, they did June. <laughs> I was like, why didn't they put Brady on here? Brady be on there? June is Brady. Um, Kari gave me those for uh, free throws with a game on the line, and my free throw shooter was Steph Curry. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that one. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna look that one up. I don't know who my free throw shooter was. Um, okay, so number one in our big four at four. Uh, so Eli Manning, or not Eli Manning, Peyton Manning is going to get a statue. Uh, in Indianapolis for the Colts. Got us thinking, you got to pick one statue for each pro slash college team in the state of Wisconsin. Who gets one? Hmm. Well, you know, I was surprised because it it kind of predates me. Uh, Kareem probably has to be the Bucs. I didn't think he had played. He played six years in Milwaukee. Uh, That would be the holdback for me is that uh, his biggest years, the bulk of his career was not spent in Milwaukee. But six years in Milwaukee. Otherwise, Oscar Robertson, where the Bucks are concerned. Um, Favre, Molitor, Dane, Bo Ryan, Bob Johnson, uh, D. Wade. It's a pretty good list. Pretty good list? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you go wrong with any of those. John, who do you have? Like, who deserves a statue... <clears throat> That doesn't have one right next to the Super Bowl trophy room, uh, room for the Vikings. Well, let me get through the Wisconsin ones. Uh, oh. uh, Brewers, uh, did you, uh, Molitor, uh, Packers, it would be Favre. Uh, for the Bucks. got to be Kareem. For Badger football, I'm putting Ron Dane. And for Badger basketball, I'm putting Bo Ryan and Dwayne Wade for Marquette. So it sounds a lot like my list. Yeah, they're all pretty much the same. Uh, Bob Johnson for Badger Hockey. We had someone call in and suggest yeah, that. that works. Someone said Dick Bennett over Bo Ryan. I was like, eh, I don't think so. Mm. I'm not sure about that. Alan Amici, I thought maybe could get a statue. Might be a little bit more of an interesting statue outside of Camp Randall or something like that. Hmm. So there you go. That's our five at five or four at four. I was going to say, are we oh, done? Right. Right. Let's, done. Let's get out of here. Giddy up. What happened? Uh, 877-729-1070. Jonathan VR not in the Brewers lineup tonight. Uh, I think this sends an appropriate message. Is this a one-game move, and is that enough? How does that process work when a player continues to make some foolish outs on the base paths? We'll get into that conversation and take some of your phone calls. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Back in a minute. This is the Mike Heller Show. Hey, it's Mike Keller for Star Satellite, local, authorized, direct TV retailer, and one-stop shop for your satellite needs. Star Satellite helped me switch from cable to direct TV, and it was easy. Now I have a superior sports channel lineup, hassle-free local service, and Star Satellite can help you discover the best programming options for you and save you time and money along the way. See for yourself. Let Star Satellite do a side-by-side cost comparison on your monthly cable or satellite bill. Call them today at 844-523-STAR. That's 844-523-STAR. Back with you on a... Uh, oh, I'll turn my mic on here, John. <laughs> there you uh, there go. we go. Back with you on a Get Me Through a Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show. Welcome back aboard. Brewers and Red Sox 
Back at Miller Park tonight, Game 2. Brewers won Game 1 of this set, three-game set at Miller Park. Red Sox first trip in in quite a long time, and the Brewers won last night 11-7. But in the process, in the process of the game on uh, on Tuesday night, the Brewers did not have good base running again from Jonathan VR. First and second, he got thrown out trying to steal third base with one out and Ryan Braun at the plate. They also had the same situation take place with VR making another out on the bases last night, getting picked off. So today he's not in the lineup. Drew, are you at all surprised that Craig Council chose this manner? And you don't think that he didn't also talk to him? Oh, you? I'm sure he talked to yeah. him. In fact, it may have been after the game last night. Hey, we're going to give you a day to think about it. You know, there was a there was a time last year when VR was doing the same thing, and Craig just took him out of a game in about the sixth inning and had him stand next to him and talk to him for an inning and they caught it on camera and that's the kind of teaching that goes on. A lot of it is behind the scenes. Players know though. If they if they didn't talk to him, well it wouldn't be like Craig Council and his staff to not talk to him. But if they didn't, VR would know why he's not playing. And he would, you know, whether that's he's going to try to avoid repeating the behavior or not, that's uh up to what open for debate. What egregious act would have to happen for you to be pulled during a game? Because some fans are upset when they don't hey, he should sit down right now. What is it that it would take to have a player taken out during a game? I remember Andrew Jones loafed after a ball once Bobby Cox got him in the middle of an inning. Like sent another guy out there and just called him in from the outfield. That's the ultimate embarrassment. Right? Joe Madden did it in Tampa, right? Didn't he? Did, he I think did, he might have? Yeah. yeah, he did it in Tampa with one of their young stars, and he did it during the game. Um, I'm trying to think of who that was, but yeah, it, it those if for those though, Drew, it's typically a non-hustle play, right? It is uh, not running out a ground ball or um, not running down the baseline on a pop fly, and then it falls, and you're at first base when you easily could have been at second. Something along those lines. That infuriates a manager. Plays of aggression make managers frustrated and angry, but it's less egregious than a lack of hustle. Yes. Um, and that's why you give you ha- you have an allowance. That Lack of hustle is the that's the cardinal thing. It's the, That's the baseline. Yeah. Expected. Effort. Yeah. Has to be there. And that's usually not a problem. VR's, it's not like he's not trying hard. He's just misapplying his gifts. Right. And and with that, I, I know that there were two scenarios that happened last night. One, VR steals second base on the ball, dribbles into center field, and he doesn't go to third. That's a read play. That's that's a read play from the player, not the third not. base coach. The player can't look to the ba- no. base coach in that situation. There's a difference. Keon yeah. Broxton did it. But he turns and looks to center field and sees the ball trickle out there and makes it to third. Fairly close play at third, but he made it to third. That's a player decision, not a coach decision. Conversely, when a ball is hit to the gap, you're you're the hitter. When you're approaching second base, if the ball is hit to right field corner or right center field, you're supposed to pick up the third base coach and let him make that decision. If it's in left center or in the corner and left and you're rounding second base, that's typically the runner that gets to make his own decision. Some people are yeah. looking at that and saying, hey, that was on Ed Cedar last night. The VR didn't people, go to third when the ball dribbled into center. Well, that's on VR. People always want to blame the coaches for everything when you can't micromanage. It's, um, when, uh, you know, in the NBA, it's the same thing. The plays go bad. Sometimes you just got to let them out there. You can't micromanage everything. They have to read and react. And, and to that same point, VR did not have a steal sign when he got thrown out going to third. 
No, that was not concocted by the manager. And a lot of times when guys are thrown out and it looks bad, sometimes it's a missed hit and run or there's, it, there's a lot of things that can go on. There was nothing on that. You could tell. Yeah, there's, there's nothing That's there. That's a go on your own. And, and, and certain, hit, certain runners are going to have green lights. Uh, now, I would suppose that council might give a don't run sign. There, are, there is that sign, yes. Yeah, they, now, they for... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Jonathan VR rolling forward. You uh, want to have him have it, not have it, but sometimes you have to put it on. Well, and, and I would think. Would he know what it is? Well, <laughs> player, <laughs> players have to know that if you if Ryan Braun is the hitter and you're with runners at first and second with less than two outs or with any outs, and Braun's the hitter or Thames is the hitter, that you kind of have a don't run sign. What's the advantage with Ryan Braun at the plate to be at third as opposed to being at second? Sack fly? Yeah, sack fly, I that's, guess. That's it? But you don't you don't go to third with the best hitter in your lineup at the plate and no, risk that, the idea of being thrown be, out? No, that would be ridiculous. That's an automatic. Yeah. And that's and, likely, I mean, that's, and, that's the reason he's not in the lineup tonight. Now, Hernan Perez belongs in the lineup as much as you can get him in there, but it made it really easy for counsel to make that decision for tonight. Yeah, and this is where... You know, in some markets, they might say, well, no, we're not benching him. He's got a strained intercostal, or he tweaked his back last night or something. They might make an excuse for the player, but they're not going to do that here. They're going to say, Craig's going to, I'm guessing, and we'll get the audio in a little while, and yeah. we'll just, and Craig will say, yeah, I mean, we want him to, you know, we can't have that, and we got to try to get better. Yeah, uh, but I mean, make no mistake about it, the manager sees it, but the manager isn't going to do what your high school coach is going to do and meet the player at the dugout and put his arms on each of his shoulders and have a talking to. and that That's the teaching moment. And that's what you do with players who have to learn the game. Somebody's going to say, well, VR needs to learn the game. He needs to learn to control his aggression. And aggression on the base paths can both be good and bad. And right now, VR is making too many of the bad plays of aggression on the base paths. And sometimes a manager will just say, okay, that's enough for now. We're going to just give you a night off. It's not, you know, we're not suspending you. We're not sending you down. You haven't been benched for the foreseeable future, but here's a night to think about it. Yeah, and that's how it should work, you know. Have have, have the night, and then give him the day game on Thursday and go at it. A little bit oh. of the process. No surprise. Yeah, not a surprise that Hernan Perez... And you got to keep Hernan Perez sharp and get him at bats because he's a good player. But this is a perfect opportunity. If VR was, you know, had gotten on base a couple times and scored a couple runs and not screwed up on the bases, he'd probably be playing. And on the mound last night, uh, the Brewers didn't have great relief pitching. But Willie Peralta... It'll just spend uh, 60 seconds on Willie Peralta. Great stuff. Velocity, movement, slider. But he still mainly drew a two-pitch pitcher. And a two-pitch pitcher in the starting rotation doesn't work very often. You have to be able to change the speed on your pitches. And there's only a five- or six-mile-an-hour variation for him, fastball, slider. Yep. He needs that third pitch. and And that's part of the reason his pitch count is up. 
You can't you can't go into the fourth at seventy pitches and expect to pitch into the sixth or seventh inning. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But I mean, from a from a velocity standpoint, from a stuff standpoint, two pitches, Pretty he's solid. got really good stuff. But hitters understand. I mean, the ball that is hit by I think it was Betts into the left field corner in the fifth inning against Peralta. It's a ninety four mile an hour off the inside corner below the knees moving fastball. It's a two seam yeah, fastball. Yeah that is sinking and going in on the right-handed hitter, and it's out of the strike zone. But if a hitter can can focus in on similar velocity, they're going to hit. When you no change yeah, the speed exactly. of the bat is when hitters yeah. struggle. Change, and, change the eye level, change the speed. Yeah. Yeah. So disrupt timing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we'll take a break here. Come back with more. 877-729-1070. That's the phone number. 877-729-1070. Back in a moment. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on a Get Me Through Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show. Drew, earlier today in Milwaukee, uh, you had a process that is underway for a Friday night appearance of the New York Mets and Matt Harvey. Now, there's a, there's a couple elements at play here. Harvey um, missed Saturday's Mets game. Then it was later discovered that he was at a club until 4 a.m. and then on the golf course, <laughs> and he had been he had lost his girlfriend, right? I mean, I think that he had well, been I broken think that's up. A big with. Part of it, yeah. But then um, the Mets sent Mets personnel to his house or his wherever his he apartment, lives, yeah. his apartment on uh, Saturday night about 10 o'clock, and he was in pajamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had retired for he the was, evening. He claimed a migraine, but then he admitted I. Yeah, spread myself too thin with the clubbing until four a.m. and then the golf, which is fair. So you had a you have a concept in play for Miller Park on Friday night, which is the return of Matt Harvey right. to the active roster for the Mets and in the starting rotation Friday night. Yep, he is pitching Friday night. So I thought, you know, it'd be something to tweak and something that would be fun. Well, let's get a bunch of people to go to the game in bathrobes and sleepwear, pajamas, mm. bathrobes, and. It's it's Matt Harvey fan club night to show support for a guy because what is more Wisconsin than missing work because you're hungover? No kidding. Think about a, a late night Packer game. There's so many people that can relate to not being able to answer the bell that I think we could show our support for Matt Harvey. And knowing the people that I know, we could probably get some run on um, the SNY broadcast in New York with because the, they they would be tickled that it's they're going to be their storyline they're going to build their broadcast around it. It's interesting the way things work in New York. Like if the, if this was a Brewers player, the Brewers would kind of they would probably kind of soft pedal it. They would kind of they'd mention it, but not you know the Mets broadcast the way things are in New York. The entire game and their presentation of it will be about Matt Harvey and his return to the mound. Yeah. They, they like that stuff. They like that controversy. They, they follow guys into the clubhouse. They wait. They look for the conflict and stuff. So a little bit different in the way things are treated. And now, There's some you know, history here, right? Because didn't Billy Martin uh, at one point say something about Billy the Brewers Martin. all the way back in the day? What was the story there? It was there? the Chinese aviator story. He said something about if the Brewers are this, then I'm a Chinese aviator. And the next time he visited town, they, were, they had Chinese <laughs> aviator day. Yeah, you know, that's a story that Euchre tells now. That was so, like 100 years ago. The Brewers won't actually 
uh, put on a pajama. Oh night. no, no, they but would never you, do that. That would be bad. But we could do that with a group of people. And I thought, okay, so if we get a bunch of people, if we can get, I thought, all right, well, I had intern Josh and comedian Dobie Maxwell and Armin here. That's four guys. That would look pretty lame. Right, four guys yeah, in bathrooms. I think you got to have like double digits. You need a battalion. You need, you need fifteen. And, and sleepwear has to be defined as sleepwear because a lot of people sleep in sweats and a t-shirt. Well, that's not going to work because well, that just looks like something that somebody might wear. Sweats and a t-shirt game. and the bathrobe is the key. But if you yeah. wear a bathrobe over a brewer jersey and jeans, it still looks like you just woke up. Yeah. So it can it Which can works. still pass. So one of our things was let's just get a bunch of tickets and then we'll go to. Uh, a Salvation Army or a Purple Heart store, buy a bunch of bathrobes that people yeah. can wear, and the <laughs> make eye, them disposable. The, uh, what would you call the the eye patches for uh, a sleep mask? Sleep yeah, mask. sleep mask. Throw the sleep mask on in between uh, innings and, and lean back in the seat. You're going to be on camera. I floated this idea. I'm an ideas man. I don't generally execute any of my ideas. Um, You're going to execute this idea. We're going to try. We're thinking about it. We're, and then, all right. So then, how do we get tickets in the same section? We tell people where to buy tickets, what general area we're going to be in. It is half price night because if you live in the five county area, you get half price tickets. So should I just buy thirty half price tickets and give them away on air, or what? You know, a little help from management Whew. would be nice. The Brewers cannot touch this, but we can do it on our own. Yeah, the Brewers are going to stay away just because yeah, of, of uh, professional. Uh, yeah, courtesy. They're not going to do this, but I think it's funny, and I know we'd get on TV in New York if you got fifteen people in bathrobes with a sign that says Matt Harvey Fan Club. Um, you know, too hungover to work. Well, don't you think at some point uh, Rock and Matt LaPay are going to uh, also comment on One the... would think, yes, you know, <laughs> that they might and, and have a little fun. I think it'd be fun, a fun thing. They used to have the Buckethead Brigade because Rock and Darren Sutton had big heads, so yeah. they had the Buckethead Brigade. So I, I think this is a money idea, and uh, going to a game dressed in pajamas would be funny. The Big Lebowski look is in. I say we go for it, but I'm not doing it with just me, Arm, and Doby, and Josh. We got to have more. We got to have. We have. We have to have a guaranteed turnout. So that's why tomorrow we'll decide. You know, can we can we buy a block of tickets, give them away on the air? Do you think I get management to reimburse me if I buy thirty tickets to a mm, brewery game? Well, they. You know, management here likes you. Yeah, for now. Well, they haven't known me long. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but for the most strike while the iron's hot. I'm still in my probationary period. I haven't yeah. even been here a year yet. Maybe Greg and Madison will join you. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Greg, are you in? Well, I was just thinking when you mentioned Harvey, there's got to be some signs at the ballpark saying about him. Wouldn't you rather be at Aaron Hills Golf Course playing golf rather than playing baseball here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's not bad. In your pajamas, and, and that sign gets you on the air. So we could even make it easier for people. If you don't want to wear pajamas to the game, dress like a golfer, and we'll have both. Sure. Because he golfed. Yeah. He clubbed, golfed, and then put on pajamas. Right. Put on your club wear. Yeah. <laughs> dress like a, you're going to a disco. We could have everybody come then. Then we cover all the spectrum. Um, if we can make the U.S. Open. Yeah, see if you yeah. can make the open. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Tony Romo uh, move, but yeah, Tony Romo. Yeah, th- this is uh, this has some legs. There's something there. Yeah, I think there, it would be funny. We would get there. on TV in New York, and I know that we there's a couple of the New York guys that I know would do a note on it. They would absolutely put it in their stories. Oh, absolutely. They would say yeah, it you bet. A section of idiot radio people, you know. But it all it has to be it's got to be um a couple dozen people. It can't I think so. It can't be six people. You no. might get a camera shot for once. Might. At one fleeting yeah. shot. If you get 20 people there, the way New York is 
every half inning. They're going coming in and out of commercial. They're going to the Matt Harvey section. And it almost has you know. to be in like sleepwear bathrobe kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah, that's cool. Because otherwise, the the pajamas. I mean, pajamas are people wear pajamas. You go to the grocery yeah. store and see people in that's pajamas. True. That, that's true. Uh, the bathrobe is everything, and you could even bring it to the ballpark in a backpack and put it on. And when you get there, and yeah. you then go out afterwards. I mean, it, it it's doable. We yeah. just got to figure it out. We got to refine it. We have until Friday. It's Wednesday night. We have until Friday night. Yeah, you got time. There, yeah. There's time to get this together. Yeah, if we if we buy a block of tickets or if we can say what section to buy them in, I know they have availability. They're not sold out on Friday night. Now Saturday, this is the double whammy because Saturday is Star Wars night, so people might be oh. dressed as Obi Wan and stuff. They might be wearing robes anyway. So. Sure. Might be a little bit different, but I I think there's something here, Mike. I think we can get you know a groundswell of people and just have some fun. Yeah, I'm there with you. Patrick in Madison is called eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Hello, Patrick. Hello. I was figuring if he's just going to take the four people, he could do like the four stages of Matt Harvey: one guy in the jersey, and then next guy in the club, <laughs> in the club and then club wear, wear, golf, golf wear, and, and then, then pajamas. That would be funny as long as you stood yeah. in the right order and the and the camera kind of got it. Um. Yeah. That that also that has some some movement to it as well. But if you know, Patrick, if you join in in this brigade, you and three of your friends, you could be those four guys in this group of of a couple dozen or up to twenty five or thirty people. I know. I unfortunately I have plans, but I. I, I Patrick, all in. break those plans. Are yeah, you getting Patrick, married on Friday them. night? <laughs> I'm actually working for the university and have to work commencement this week. Oh, okay. So. All right. Ah, well, then Say hi right. to Tony Granado for us. Yeah. <laughs> I will do so. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. 877-729-1070. So here's the thing. Drew, you get this better in this moment than maybe the rest of us. This is a great idea. Ideas sometimes don't make it to fruition. So no. in the next 24 hours, this idea will either be, oh, that would have been a good idea, or... This is a great idea, and it's going to come off awesome. I feel like Michael Keaton in Night Shift. Edible paper. You know, <laughs> feed the mayonnaise to the tuna fish. You know, Ketchup and mustard in one bottle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, ideas, man. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Only I could get paid to do that, sit around and come up with ideas. Yeah. Executing, not as easy, because then you got to get the tickets and people are going to buy them. We thought about maybe, hey, we could cobble together a little pregame party somewhere and do a shuttle and have everybody show up at the same time. That's probably not going to work. Everybody's on their own schedule. But the idea that we could get some people to do this and motivate people to show up at a game in pajamas would be pretty funny. It would be funny. It would be funny. So it's let's see. We're not in college. We, in college, yeah, no you just kidding. come up with that. Yeah. I yeah. used to, it, when I was in college, there was a, at Oshkosh, and Dan Needles was probably one of the customers, Calhoun Beach Club, CBC used to have uh, cartoons Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you'd have to show up in your pajamas. In pajamas. They had cereal uh, on the, I mean, free cereal all over the place. And yeah. beer. And, and beer. beer. Oh, yeah. 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 Dan talks about that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ryan just sent me a tweet, at Drew Wilson MKE, and uh, you can also get us, you know, at Heller Sports, at Mike Heller Show. At the Big 1070, at the Big 920, at John Audius Radio. J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S. Uh, Ryan tweeted me and said, uh, I was the dude for Halloween, man. I've still got the costume. I'll bring the white Russians with me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the costume. That's the idea. Like that. That's multi-purpose. You know, you can go out afterwards. That works. That works. What, um, you know, last night there was a bit of a dilemma with a pretty entertaining Spurs game against the Rockets. While the Brewers were playing, nah. and while Ottawa and the Rangers 
were in a decisive game. Well, it wasn't a decisive. Uh, ended up being decisive. Yeah. Um, tonight, the dilemma is, again, Brewers-Red Sox, but Penguins-Caps in a Game 7, followed by a Game 7 of Edmonton and Anaheim. How do you divvy up the TV time tonight? Because there, there's also, isn't there a Celtics-Wizards uh, uh, yeah, game tonight? Yeah, definitely. It is a good sports TV night. It really is. I hadn't thought of that. Brewers-Red Sox is fantastic. Uh, two game, two game sevens in the NHL, a key game against the, the, in the NBA playoffs. And that's pretty good. Yeah, right. it's dang. Well, and I know at the, uh, the Olson Stately Manor there'll yeah. be it, it'll be hockey and baseball, and it's hockey, hockey might, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Be hockey. yeah, and my my daughter likes the hockey. Do the do the uh, Nashville Predators? Do they have a favorite? Would they rather see the Anaheim Ducks or the Edmonton Oilers? She was telling me which one they did better against in the regular season. And I don't recall. Yeah. I think that I think the Predators are playing with house money. They've never been this far. They're thrilled, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. To be, they're a heartbeat away from going to the finals. What are they? Smashville. And, yeah, Smashville. That- Here's the thing, and this is one of the stupid parent things. Like I remember when my daughter was probably four. We visited family members that had a dog, and she wanted a dog. And I said, all right, when you're six, you can have a dog. <laughs> and damn it, she didn't remember. <laughs> so when she was six, we added a dog to the family. Still have the dog. Um, but I told her last round, if I, I said, if the Preds make it to See the Stanley Cup Finals, we can go to, we'll, we'll go to a game in Nashville. Not uh, knowing when they would yeah, be or right, how much it would cost. Right. I, and she said, you said we're going to. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Well, you're going to have to call on a favor or two. It's going to be that, and yeah, it's going to be quite the ordeal. Yeah, and I'm sure it, nobody with the Admirals will be getting a call from people like oh, you. Oh, no, and not at all. Like yeah, you me and hundreds say, hey, of other how people. how can I do this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you and the. I didn't really think it through. I, I thought I was on safe ground, but now, yeah. They they could beat Edmonton or Anaheim and go on. So we, I'm, you know, worst things, worst if worse comes to worse, I go to the finals. Hey, we'll take a break uh, coming up here in a minute, and then uh, back in for the five o'clock hour and the big five at five. But uh, let me just add this personal note in before we take a break. Wishing a happy birthday yesterday to Drew Olson, right? Yes, and a happy birthday today to my dad who celebrates a birthday today. And I got up early this morning, drove up to Appleton, had breakfast with pops this morning, and. Uh, Dad is a uh, an occasional listener. Sometimes he turns the show off, and if he does, he tells me, "Hey." <laughs> sometimes he calls me, "Boy, hey, boy, I had to turn the show off again today." So sometimes <laughs> I'll hear that. Hopefully, Dad, you haven't turned the show off yet. Happy birthday! Love you. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. It was good to have breakfast with you this morning. Uh, the big five at five five o'clock hour. Of the program happens in just a couple of minutes right here. <laughs> They're the in crowd, we're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. So, some news coming out today from Miller Park in Milwaukee. Uh, let's get to some of that. Plus, 
We'll hear, uh, would hope, relatively soon from the Craig Council media briefing in advance of tonight's game against the Red Sox. We should have that uh, for you in just a few minutes here. At least I hope we do. Uh, Craig Council did address the Jonathan VR base running at length this afternoon, and VR is not in the lineup tonight. So it is uh, Hernan Perez who will play at second base, and Keon Broxton moves up into the leadoff spot in the Brewers' batting order tonight. So we'll get to some more of that in a moment. Also, Tom Hardicourt just tweeting out, the junior Guerra who threw a simulated session today at Miller Park, uh, he will make his first minor league rehab start Monday in Biloxi with one more rehab start on the way after that one. Tom just right now tweeting out that Craig Council didn't say that VR was benched, said it was trying too hard and needed the night off. Which is another way of saying you needed yeah. the night off. Trying to so do too much. Gave yeah. them the night off. That's what we thought. And again, if you're, if it's it's more inexcusable to not hustle than to over hustle. He's in, his sin was over hustling, and that's why you get allowances. That's why you're allowed to keep playing, and that's why coaches don't want to beat you down because you're trying really hard. Yeah, and the point of that is, is that you're in trouble when you don't give the bare minimum, when you don't give effort, if you don't hustle, if you don't run something out, if oh, yeah. you're blasé about it, you're, you're going to get benched for that. You get the night off if you have been consistently too aggressive on the base pass. And there's a, a, a distinct difference. Unless you're James Harden and you're on the defensive end when you can just get by with coasting. <laughs> Uh, Mike Heller with you in Milwaukee today, joined here by Drew Olson. Hello, Drew. Always a pleasure to have you here in Milwaukee. And we never let John leave the studio in Madison, so John is there. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? What's going on there? Uh, Not much to report here. Back to you. (laughs) Okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nothing going on. All right. Yeah. Well, then to... let's just start the show. Okay. This is the Big Five at Five. The top five trending sports stories this hour. Number five. Here's what's trending. Here's what's trending. Mascot rankings. All right. I saw this on Athlon Sports. Well, I actually saw it on Twitter, but it's from Athlon Sports. Big Ten mascot rankings, guys. Number one. Oh, oh wait. The coach rankings wasn't enough. No, now we, we have to rank mascot. the mascots. Okay. Number one. Where would you put Bucky Badger? Number two. Where do you think this rankings list has Bucky, Bucky? is top two. Top if he's in not your rankings one. or in this one? In my rankings, he'd be in the top two, but in, even in this, he's going to be top three. Top three, Mike. What do you think for Bucky? Yeah, yeah. Where would you rank him? Um, he's top three. Yeah, most recognizable. Yeah, best. Yeah, that Buckeye uh, and oh yeah, you got the Buckeye, you got the Gopher, you got the Purdue guy with the sledgehammer. How about you want me to go through the whole list? <laughs> How about I go through number one, Michigan State. Sparty. I don't get Sparty. I've, yeah, nothing good yeah, about that. I'm not. I've never been, and I suppose it's a rivalry thing. But looks like a big I've plushy not, doll. Yeah, I've never nothing gotten into Sparty. Nope. Number two, Herky, the Hawkeye, Iowa. Eh. It, yeah, a weird face. 
Doesn't do much for me. I don't even know if I'm saying this next one's right. Maryland's turtle. Testudo? Do you even know the name of the Maryland mascot? Testudo? Tortuga? I don't know. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, Bucky did not make the top it's three. It's a terrapin. Number four, Wisconsin's Bucky Badger. He's fourth on the yeah, list. This list is flawed. Yeah. Is it flawed? I think yes. so. Ohio State's uh, Brutus is fifth. I put Brutus in the top three. Yeah, I would kick out both the turtle yeah, and Herky. I think, yeah. by the way, Herky's, Herky. the Herky costume is it's got a cool looking kind of a cool funky looking head to the costume but the rest of the costume is really lame old you know oh, who has the yeah. lamest mascot yeah. penn state <laughs> they have one penn state they are like that old school Someday. lion that looks oh, like just oh, with the, it's really just a yeah, lion head totally that's yeah. dumb i have i've always thought that the lamest some people think it's the most awesome lamest uh mascot is the tree for stanford dumb it's just yeah stupid it, what goalie gopher number yeah. 9 Penn State's Nittany Lion, which I think looks ridiculous, that's is dumb. Number eleven. Hmm. Someday I'll get uh, Ted Perry, the the anchor from Fox Six in Milwaukee, in here. He's a former Bucky Badger, and he was fired as Bucky Badger. Oh, fired for committing the grievous offense of uh, during halftime of a game. He went and was hanging out and talking to his counterpart from Iowa. Ooh, can't have the conversation like you. Get it, along. They were under the stadium, and they actually. They swapped costumes for no, a bit. really, and he got oh, found that, out. That'll got found out, and oh yeah, wait, who, had, yeah. They swapped costumes, and somebody that is a no no. Somebody must. He got have, ratted out. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yep. ratted it out. Yep, that's something you do not I, do. I, you know, I haven't done it in a lot of years, but my favorite times, like with Halloween or something, is when you're in a costume and nobody knows oh, who you I are. I had that with the T Rex costume here. <laughs> when nobody knows who you are, it is so much more fun. Like you can yeah. you can do things Absolutely. that are a lot more fun and I, I think you lose all that inhibition that exists when somebody knows, hey, that's Drew in that costume. You hear somebody say, Hey, that's Drew Olson in that costume, then you're less in you're more inhibited. But yeah. if you if you're someplace and nobody knows that that's who? It's a blank that check. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah that, that you can have some fun with that. Uh, by the way, I was wondering, why does this ranking only have 11 teams? It's because Michigan doesn't have a mascot, right? Well, they do. Uh, his name is Coach Harbaugh. Indiana yeah. Indiana doesn't have a mascot. No, who's your... oh, they, they did. That was Tom Crean. Who's the, who else was the other team I'm missing here? The... Who else doesn't have a mascot? Well, the, the Fighting team? Illini does, don't they? Because they have um, the Chief. They used to. They oh, used they to. got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. they, they probably they got did rid they, of him. Did they can yeah. What about Northwestern? Do the Wildcat? Yeah, oh, they, they have, have that Wildcat. That By the way, wildcat. Purdue's Purdue Pete, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the engineer yeah, I yeah. Like with him. a big hammer. I like sledgehammer. He's seventh on this list. What about the Cornhusker? Uh, well, actually, they have... There's a couple of different... Um, that guy's kind of cool. Huskers, mascots. There's the one that's in that little like inflatable suit. This is Herbie Husker is the guy who has like a cowboy hat and looks like a traditional mascot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Number four. Good stuff, John. That's solid work by you. Mascot lists. It's only May. Get ready for the (laughs) summer. College football (laughs) offseason. All right. uh, Number four in a big five at five. Mike was asking this question about the Milwaukee Brewers, who are uh, 17 and 16 this season. Just a game back of the wild card. Second wild card. Yeah, apparently I'm looking at wild card standings too today. Uh, why not Milwaukee? Why can't Milwaukee hang around till August? Well, let, let me just let me clarify. Let me clarify something, okay? Because I'm not. This is not predicting. That is not. Hey, look out! Here come the Brewers. This could be the time. I'm just 
I want them to to play their way out of being relevant before I am going to predict that they're not going to be relevant. Does that make any sense? Is that any different than what you just said? I don't know. I don't think necessarily that the Brewers are going to be playing relevant baseball after August 15th. However, I'm going to let them prove it. It's it's a little bit of the uh, takeoff on the Craig Council thing when asked about expectations. He doesn't want to set them because he doesn't want limitations. Baseball is one of those sports, not like the NBA. Baseball is one of those sports in Major League Baseball that it is kind of a why-not league. There's a why-not team just about every year in Major League Baseball. A few years ago, it was the Houston Astros. Right now, it's the New York Yankees. Nobody thought the Yankees would be 21-10. and 10. I refuse to think of them as an underdog. Yeah, correct. But, but the roster is, is um, essentially a no-name underdog yeah. roster. So I I am not going to tell you, hey, the Brewers are going to be a, a 70-win team until they prove that they're going to be a 70-win team. Because right now, they're an 82-win team. That's what they're on pace for. If you're playing as a team that can win 80 games, you're playing as a team that will play relevant baseball into the month of August. Now, just let them prove it. By the way, there's nothing to say that the Brewers can't go on a streak where they win 8 of 10 or 9 of 11, because I think we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop where they lose 9 of 11. Because that's what young teams do. So I'm just saying I'm not only focused on the horizon. I think you can enjoy this journey and sometimes look out the window and say, hey, this view is pretty good. I'm not necessarily of the mindset that says this is going away. Let's let's let it yeah. happen. Yeah. Don't That's dismiss it. it is what you're saying. Correct. And I think there are too many people that when, want to just dismiss it. Hey, the, when, the you know, this team is going to falter. When you the know, bandwagon that, right? leads leaves the garage. Michael be driving. It. Would you put 50 <laughs> bucks on the Brewers to but, be within 4 of the wild card by August 1st? Within 4 of the wild card. Do I get odds on that 50 bucks? Um I don't know. Just would you I would through? probably want two to one odds on the fifty bucks because that would be that would be a real gamble. I'm not. I I wouldn't bet. The so point is, you'd be okay. Would you be willing to put money? How about I not straight way. up money hmm. on the Brewers being within four of the wild card? I think that would be foolish. I guess that's my point. Is I'm not predicting that they'll be there, and I'm not foolish enough to make that bet. But I'm going to let them prove that they're not before I tell you, hey, I promise you they're not going to be in the chase on August 1st. 538.com, which does predictions and simulations, they've got the Brewers going 78 and 84 at present, up to the minute. 78 and 84. Yet, if you look at the standings, and and there is a predictive nature to your run differential, uh, right now the Brewers are plus 12 in run differential which would be second best in their division. And, it, I mean, just look at this. In the National League East, the Washington Nationals are plus 50 in run differential. Whew. Nobody else in the East They've been mashing. is positive. In the National League Central, everybody is in plus territory except for the Pirates, who are minus 30. And, by the way, in the National League West, the Dodgers are plus 50, and they're in second place. In the division, just a game and a half back of the Rockies, but I, uh, I, you know, the Brewers being plus twelve is indicative of a team that should be better than seventeen and sixteen. But I, I don't know how predictive the run differential is. 
I'm just saying I'm not uh, I'm not telling you they can't be a competitive team well, in August. Here's one that's going to put wind in your sails. 5:38 today and updated after every game. Brewers' chance of making the playoffs. Want to guess what it is? Brewers' chances right now. Percentage chance of making the playoffs. Eight percent. John. Six. Nineteen percent. Oh, what? what? We're a quarter of the way through the season, and five thirty-eight dot com says the Brewers are nineteen percent to make the playoffs. See, you know, five thirty-eight's got a lot of stuff wrong, or at least a lot of high-profile stuff no doubt. wrong. Well, um, the we, highest of high-profile stuff they got wrong last November. However, everybody got it wrong. Yeah. Number three. How about that? Nineteen percent chance. Whew. So you're saying there's a chance? There's a pretty decent chance there at nineteen. Uh, all right. So uh, apparently, let me get this story up here. Oh, you better get it right. Indians owner Paul Dolan spoke in at an event last week, and during a Q and A, he said that Chief Wahoo is. Probably on the way out, quote, within a couple of years. Is it time for the Indians mascot, another mascot question, to be retired? Well, shoot, if they think it is, um, then it is. I think outsiders have thought that there are a bunch of uh, mascots or team names that should be done. The Washington Redskins, uh, the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I think that a fair number of people think that all of those should should be out. Um, if the Cleveland Indi- – and, and there's a lot of old-school pushback, I'm sure, in Cleveland on that concept. A ton, I'm sure. Uh, it, it's always a difficult argument to, to step into because there are those in the Native American community that are offended. There, and usually what you get back on that, Drew, is somebody will say – how come the yeah. Irish never have an issue with Notre Dame? Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not for me to decide. If in it's, Cleveland, if the ownership thinks it's time to to make that change, I'm all for it because I, I don't know that that I, – I always thought this, that Warriors and Braves were honoring, but maybe the mascot needs to be changed. I don't see the honor in Redskins. That's the that. only one I've never saw and looked at that and said, that's honoring Native Americans. I don't think it is. Have the Braves gotten rid of the tomahawk chop? Because they uh, still do that prob- Florida State. Probably officially, but it's still... Probably still yeah. some of the fans do. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, that that mascot is... I can see why people would think it was offensive. Probably compared to the Redskins, it's much better probably or, you know... Or that whole connotation right. in the nickname. Uh, keep the Indians' nickname. Just get rid of the get, get rid of that um, mascot. Yeah, that works. Number two, Manny Ginobili, thirty-nine years old, did this last night. Here's the tip, controlled by the Rockets. Anderson's got it left wing, played by Ginobili. Anderson guarded tightly by Manu. Out to Harden. He's double teamed. Harden tries to work free for a shot, swatted by Ginobili. There's the buzzer. This ball game is over. Manu Ginobili. Snaps a shot by James Harden, and the Spurs win Game Five in dramatic fashion. Manny Ginobili also like dunked in that game. Too. How many times have you watched that, John? Oh, the block a few times. I've been watching the dunk highlights throughout the years of Manu in the playoffs. Check it out on my blog, thebig920.com/john or thebig1070.com/john. But I've also been watching that block. So why are you so intrigued by the highlight reel of, of Ginobili dunks throughout the years? Because I don't know. It's just. It's I mean, just I could. I could understand see... watching this the dunk from last night. 
He's 39, but, I mean, he's not 89. Well, because it was offered to me on social media. Somebody said, hey, you like that dunk last night? Uh, NBA said, check out all these other dunks. So I said, I will, and I watched them, and it was cool. I don't know. I mean, Manny Ginobili, just, you don't expect him to drive through the lane and dunk on people. I don't know why. I mean, he is, what is he, probably 6-something, six 6'6", six, 6'5", six, 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 but still, I don't know. I just like it. Why do you care that I like the highlights? I don't get it. I just wondered what was so intriguing about watching Ginobili career dunks. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to understand John a little bit. <laughs> I, I just thought it was fun to watch Ginobili drive through the lane and dunk on people. I was more impressed with the dunk that he had last night than I was the block. So was I, I think too much was made about the block. That was a that was a bad decision by Harden, who didn't feel a defender behind. It ended up being a super easy block. Yeah. I mean, Ginobili's in the right position. Play. Yeah, it's still an athletic play. But, I mean, Harden has to feel that there's a defender behind him, and he has to almost yeah. jump and lean, like jump forward. Not a straight-up jump shot, but he, make sure his feet are behind the line and lean into the shot. I, I just thought it was—I thought Harden played terribly on the last offensive possession of regulation and the overtime, which he had no yeah. points, 0 for 3 shooting, 4 turnovers, no rebounds, no assists. Anybody who voted for him for MVP would want that vote back after that overtime. Yeah. So who's your favorite old athlete? <laughs> That's what I was going to get to. Vince Carter. Vince Sanity. Dude can dunk, man. Still getting it done. Um, and Bartolo Colon for Bartolo his... Bartolo Colon, yeah. Bartolo Colon could walk around with the Wisconsin State Fair and feel right at home. Who would win in a matchup today, Bartolo Colon facing Julio Franco? Oh, Franco. Yeah. Well, Bartolo's still getting guys out, but well, Julio, Julio Franco Franco's was a stud. 57, isn't he? He's 58 he or 58 or so. I think yeah. he signed a contract to play in Japan at like 57, some league. I covered Julio when he was here, man. He was something else. Man. That bat always seemed too big. And he and yet, flipped he it in the crowd a lot. There. He flipped it in the crowd a lot. He, he helicoptered more bats oh, into the crowd, man. swinging at breaking pitches and Have stuff. You, but uh, now, he was chiseled, though. You're not in, in the, 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 with the common folks, with the unwashed very often. You're typically in the press box. But yeah. when you have sat among the unwashed, have you gotten a foul ball? Uh, never among the unwashed, no. No? Never have. Have you in the press box? Because there are uh, those yes. signatured marks on the a wall. A few of those, yeah. You, you mean, ever get hit you by one? caught one? Or no, I've, I've come close to getting hit uh, a couple times. Because you guys aren't always paying attention no. to every pitch. There's a Heavens, lot of no. conversation that goes on. People be stunned how little you get to watch the game when you're Computers covering Computers hit? It. Uh, computers shattered. I saw Rick Morrissey from the uh, Chicago Tribune have his explode, and he was in the second row. And I had an intern with me, and I said, you're not doing anything important. Give him your, your computer so that he can finish his column. And that was the whole column about how he had borrowed a computer from our intern. Um, yeah, that was um, th- that happens. That, that definitely happens. you got to be a, a, alert up there. Yeah, you got to pay I, attention. I've never been hit. I've caught one or two balls, foul balls in the press box, which is always good because you don't want to. Like caught in the air, caught like, in the air, yeah, yeah. caught. Yeah, well, that's, caught. you get some, uh, you get some accolades. Yeah, but in the box mostly, for that. I pick them up off the ground yeah, when they stop when they rolling, stop and then throw them to a kid. I got one uh, from Prince Fielder. I've had two foul balls in my life. One from Mark Brohard ah, back in the day at County yeah, Stadium, Mark Brohard, sure. down the left field line. It was just foul. I mean, it was a line drive, just foul. Hurt my hand, didn't catch it, but it fell right down below me and picked wow. it up. And then Prince Fielder. On uh, the first bounce, nobody touched it in between the bounce of the aisle that I was sitting on, and it bounced. I stood up, and I 
caught it and then gave it to Jackson. That was five years ago. Wow. So, yeah. Those are good ones. Yeah. Two foul balls. Hmm. No foul bats. Number one. <laughs> foul bat. Number one in our big five at five. So Peyton Manning's going to get a statue for the Colts. You got to pick one statue. A player, an athlete, a coach gets a statue for each pro and college team in this state. Who gets one? Yeah, Brett Favre's getting one. Brett yeah, Favre. Favre in Green Bay. Um, do you think there will be statues outside the new arena for the Bucks? It's a great question. Would they go Kareem? You'd either go Johnny Kareem, Mack, Bango, or, or or yeah, Bango or Oscar. Ah, Maybe man. I mean probably start with, and I don't know that they'll do it, but start with Kareem. Will. Yeah, I don't know that they will. An- another uh, version of that. Someday what's the, Giannis? What's the next jersey to hang for the Bucks? Marcus Johnson. It's a joke that it's not retired already. Yeah. It should have been for years. Apparently there was waxy buildup between him and Senator Cole, mm. and that's why it hasn't happened, but there's just no doubt. But if you went down the list, Kareem for the Bucks, Favre for the Packers, Molitor for the Brewers, but you say that won't happen? I don't think so. It hasn't happened yet. There's no. He's more of a Twins guy now. Unless he came and managed the Brewers to a World Series, I don't see it. Uh, Dane for Badger football. Badger basketball, Bo Ryan. Badger hockey, Bob Johnson. Marquette, D. Wade. Right? I would think. No Kaminsky love, player of the year? Uh, Two prob- Final Fours? Yeah, probably. That's probably a 20 year from now. I mean, if yeah. he has an NBA career. I don't think it yeah, could be based it on college. Does. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of does. And by the way, Decker well, didn't play Dane. last night. Part of the Houston issue last night in their loss yeah. is no Decker, and they only played seven players last night. Ron Dane didn't have a great NFL career. Well, but his college career is Heisman, so epic. Yeah, all-time leading rusher. And for some reason, the Heisman carries a lot more weight than the college basketball player of the year, probably because of its lore, right? Oh, yeah. Drew, your day is done. All right, you sir. You can ring that bell, and then you can go. Drew Olson rings the bell. He walks out of studio. John and I continue. Two for one. We hope to get uh, Craig Council sound from Miller Park in Milwaukee. And at some point, we talk to Ben Wargle. Is that soon, John? Would that be next? Uh, about 10 minutes. Each. Okay. So maybe some sound from Craig Council at Miller Park. We hope that we get that. And Ben Wargle, all yet to come, plus your phone calls, 877-729-1070. As we continue... On the Mike Heller Show. News out of Miller Park today where the Brewers get ready to take on the Red Sox in game two of the three game set. It's a matinee tomorrow, 7 10 tonight at Miller Park. Craig Council said today, Tom Hardicourt tweeting this out, Craig Council. Didn't say Jonathan VR was benched. Said it was trying too hard and needed a night off. So VR is not in the lineup tonight after making two outs on the bases last night. It is Keon Broxton in the leadoff spot. The other news from Miller Park today is a simulated game by right-handed pitcher and opening day starter Junior Guerra. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He was on the mound today in Milwaukee for a simulated game. He will make his first minor league rehab start Monday in Biloxi with the Shuckers. And then after that, he will make one more rehab start undetermined day and time and place on that. But then you'll create a situation. It's not going to be for another 10 to 14 days, but the Brewers will have a decision to make in their rotation if those two starts go well for Junior Guerra, healthy and quality-wise, then the Brewers will have a uh, rotational decision to make. You want your opening day starter to be back in the rotation, and then you'll make a decision based on current starters. But the Brewers trying to get uh, into Game 2 tonight against the Red Sox, winning last night 11-7. And by the way, Mitch Thundernellis, noted Red Sox fan for our Milwaukee listeners, he made a wager with me today, an Ian's Pizza bet. And he took the Red Sox to still win the series. So I was essentially spotted Game 1. I also have a standing bet with our NFL insider Don Don Banks of Patriots.com. Don made this wager with me yesterday. He said if the Brewers win the series, he will wear his Brewers hat from the time that he lived in Wisconsin, and he will post that picture. Of course, we'll capture it and save it forever and run it whenever we want to. If the Brewers lose the series, and if the Red Sox come back and win tonight and tomorrow, then Don Banks wants his walk-up music changed to a Boston-flavored song. So that is also at stake in the next 24 hours because it's a night game tonight and a matinee tomorrow at Miller Park in Milwaukee with the Brewers and the Red Sox. By the way, the principals tonight, Chase Anderson, who is still just 2-0 and on the season but with an ERA of under 3, and Kyle Hendrick for the Boston Red Sox, who is 0-1 with a ballooned ERA of 13.5. Those are the principles tonight. Tomorrow in the matinee, which first pitch is 12:10. That's Jimmy Nelson and Eduardo Rodriguez tomorrow 12:10 first pitch, and that game is also televised on Fox Sports Wisconsin. So, evening game tonight, matinee tomorrow. Tom Hardicourt will join us after the game tomorrow, so we'll get a little post-game report from Miller Park and we'll have two games to talk about by the time we get to tomorrow's show. Uh, Drew Olson is left for the day. John Audius is with me from our Madison studios, but multitasking as we work our way through a uh, get me through a Wednesday Mike Heller show. We're going to talk uh, in a few minutes. I think we will with Ben Wargle, BadgerNation.com. Our Badgers insider will join us when we come back, and also we hope to get still uh, a bit of sound from Craig Council in his pregame talk at Miller Park today, but efforting on that. Efforting on that to see if we can get it. And that's the news of the day. And then there is this dilemma on a Wednesday night, and it's a good one. It's uh, it's a television dilemma. So if you're sitting at home tonight, and there are some rain showers moving in depending on where you live. If you're sitting at home tonight, you have multiple options. You get a, a, a very entertaining Brewers-Red Sox game at 7:10. If you're a Boston fan, you have a Celtics-Washington Wizards game that also goes tonight. If you're a Washington fan, you have the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins in a Game 7 tonight. 
And if you're also an NHL fan, you get a double header of Game 7s as you get Edmonton and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in a Game 7, and the winner advances to take on the Nashville Predators. So all of that goes on tonight, and it is a very good Wednesday night from a sports TV standpoint in the month of May. So good stuff going on tonight. I'll be at Miller Park with uh, the Brewers and Red Sox, so I don't have the television dilemma that many of you have. I will just have the dilemma of staying up to speed on what's going on in the NBA and the NHL while I take in Brewers and Red Sox from the press box at Miller Park in Milwaukee. We'll get to Ben Wargle in a little bit, and uh, I'm not sure I can't see John, so I don't know if I can take a break here yet, John, or not. Working through some technical uh, issues on the stream side of our broadcast, uh, but we'll get to that uh, also as soon as John gives me the go-ahead. The Brewers lineup is in for tonight. Broxton, Thames, Braun, Shaw, Santana, Perez, Bandy, Arcia, and Chase Anderson. So as I mentioned before, no Jonathan VR in the lineup tonight. Craig Council averted calling it a benching. He just said he needs a night off trying too hard. And the trying too hard concept is is fine because it's mistakes of aggression managers can deal with. Mistakes of being lazy, that's a whole different deal. A whole different deal. So Jonathan VR gets a night off. Hernan Perez in the lineup playing second base tonight. Jet Bandy is catching. Chase Anderson is on the mound for Milwaukee. 7-10, first pitch tonight at Miller Park. We'll take a break here back in just a couple of minutes as we continue on a Get Me Through Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show. Paperback Writers! We are joined by Ben Wargle. He is our Badger Insider joining us on the Mike Heller Show. Ben, let me start here. Let me ask you. We haven't talked about it on the show today, but I'm sure you saw it. What do you make of the Nigel Hayes piece on the Players' Tribune? Did you get a chance to go through that? I have not. I I just saw it. I was catching up on my tweets. Um, I, I saw that he wrote a piece that has been liked and favorited and retweeted many times. And so I'll have it bookmarked, and I, I may get a chance to to make my way through it, just because I've I've known Nigel for uh, five six years, dating back to the recruiting process, and he always had a very interesting take on things, on life, on college. So I, I may sneak my way through it a little bit, and, and see what he had to say as his kind of his mic drop moment with the University of Wisconsin. Yeah, what what will his legacy where the university is concerned, how how will that play out, do you believe, over time? Well, I think in, in 10 years, looking back, uh, you're going to see a player who was incredibly productive on the court, uh, involved with two teams that made back-to-back Final Fours, who finished in the top Five in points, finished third in, in points scored. You know, rebounds he finished top ten. I think assists he was top ten. Um, certainly a player who had to evolve over time, like most players do, going from a role player his first two years on two really good teams to being the focal point on two teams that made uh, deep runs into the NCAA tournaments, who you know were just a couple possessions away from making elite eights 
in four consecutive years. Uh, I think right now there are some fans who maybe are a little dischanted with Hayes, especially with some of his antics off the court. And maybe antics is, is not the right word, but maybe some of his social takes on different things rub people the wrong way. And, you know, you're going to have that. I think just from a pure playing standpoint, he is easily one of the, the 10 best players Wisconsin's ever had. Yeah, from the social commentary standpoint, I'll, I'll just uh, end this part of the conversation with this. He wrote today, uh, that went on the Players' Tribune, that says, never accept it when someone says just shut up and play, or whatever the equivalent is in your field. Don't accept it when they say stay in your lane. Let's use all the possible lanes. Let's create new lanes. Each of us is more than just the job we do for a few hours a day, whether we play basketball or not which all of that I agree with. That is part of the education system. That's part of the social and education environment on campus. And we should all live in that regard. Um, But I don't know that everybody will always see Nigel that way. But in that part of the conversation, I have full agreement with Nigel Hayes. And I, I, I don't think you are, and I don't think most of us in this medium are of the mindset that says shut up and play. No, I, I, I never had a problem with him, and, and nor should anyone have a problem with him, using his platform to raise awareness on something that he feels is unjust. Um, or if, if I feel that something is wrong in my profession and I don't complain about it or I don't take a stand against what I feel is an, you know, an unjust treatment, in, in this case he's feeling that the way college athletes athletes are treated by the NCAA, you know, you should stand up. You know, there's a lot of people who probably feel the way Nigel does and didn't take a stand. They just shut up and they just played. So, you know, I give Nigel a lot of credit for that. Um, I give credit for the work that he did on the court. You know, he, he certainly, like I said, 10 years down the road where you just look at the stats, where someone new coming in who maybe didn't watch Nigel play a heck of a lot or have to deal with him a heck of a lot will just look at the stats and look at the success of the team, you're going to go, wow, this guy certainly did something special. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Special on the court during his time at Wisconsin. Uh, ben, as we sit now, this is probably the softest time of the year for reporting on Badger football and Badger basketball and kind of covering the, the main University of Wisconsin athletics. So what is it that you're focused on? Where are you looking? What is next down the line here as far as uh, conversations where Wisconsin sports is concerned? Mike, I'll even throw this in. With Wisconsin football recruiting, which is typically the main storyline for May, June, and maybe early July as we start to get focused in on on Big Ten preseason meetings and different polls and stuff like that. Wisconsin football has 13 scholarship seniors this year. So they have a scholarship class, ideally around 13 kids. They have nine commits 
now. So they're really ahead of the ball. Where they only are going to have, they're going to make some tough choices on to what other players, what other positions are they going to take in this class. So you really think about that, it's pretty quiet on the scale, especially since Wisconsin just got a commitment from Chase Wolf, a, a quarterback out of Cincinnati, giving Wisconsin a second quarterback commit in this class. So recruiting football is really kind of the one thing that I'm focused on. The other thing, too, is the grad transfer market in which Wisconsin is expected to be a player this year with two scholarships available. They've hosted two kids um, that we know of, uh, Casey Benton from Oregon, who ended up uh, deciding to play closer to home his final year. Uh, He's from Tempe, Arizona. He chose to play at Grand Canyon University, which is in Phoenix. His older brother is on the coaching staff there. Wisconsin just hosted former Valparaiso guard Lexus Williams not too long ago. Wisconsin's trying to decide if that's a uh, someone they want to pursue. Lexus Williams did not have a scholarship right now from Wisconsin. And then, you know, there's been spring AAU a little bit. I think there's a lot of focus uh, from Wisconsin fans on what Joey Hauser is going to do, the, the very talented uh, power forward from Stevens Point, uh, who older brother Sam plays at Marquette. Marquette's heavily involved in his recruitment. So, that's really about it. I'm sure there's some other storylines out there that you know will be kind of interesting, but you're right. It's a pretty soft time, and especially with recruiting now with Wisconsin, there's just not that much to really sink your teeth into. So l- let me uh, let me finish uh, with this then, Ben. Uh, back to Badger football for a conversation for a moment. Alex Hornibrooks is, is going to be the starting quarterback. The question yeah. is, last year you had Bart Houston and Alex Hornibrook, and you knew that, and Paul Chris made it clear, that they would both see the field. In this case, we don't think the two quarterbacks are going to see the field, but if there is a second quarterback that has to see the field, how confident are they in the ability of whoever that is to be able to maintain with a really good roster around him if Alex Hornibrook is injured or struggles? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the one thing that I think fans will focus in on with fall camp. In my opinion, when you look at this team, there's not that many question marks on the offensive side of the ball. Um, certainly the one, I guess, maybe main one is who will be the starting five offensive linemen. But that's not really a question mark of weakness, more so there's so many good, talented players on that line. Who will be the best five to emerge? And you're right. We, there's a lot of talent around the quarterback spot with Troy Fumagalli with Chris James and Bravik Shaw running back. I think the wide receivers took a nice step forward here in spring camp, kind of pushing themselves in the summer. Corey Lyles, the redshirt freshman who really was injured for most of the early parts of last year and then got healthy in time for fall camp, and Jack Cohn, who just went through his first spring, are very raw to the position. But the one good thing about not having many quarterbacks in this past camp Both guys got a ton of work, and you can easily say from practice one to practice 14, not necessarily the spring game, those guys made considerable strides forward. Now, they're certainly not anywhere near where they need to be. I don't think anyone on the roster is is where they need to be by the start of fall camp. So what they put in this summer, having gone through a lot of reps and a lot of opportunities in the spring, will really tell the tale, uh, tell, tell the tale, excuse me, of what will happen should something happen to Alex Hornibrook, can Corey Lyles step in and lead the offense? Will Jack Cohen have a part this year instead of redshirting? Those are decisions that, in my opinion, won't be made 
until maybe the middle part of August when this coaching staff really tries to figure out these guys can help us, these guys aren't quite, quite ready to be involved in our two deep at this point. Well, interesting to see how that ends up playing its way out as we uh, as we roll forward and uh, new names being added to the mix as we get into uh, next year's recruiting class as well. Always appreciate it, Benjamin. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the Brewer game tonight, Mike. Talk to you yeah, later. I will. I'll be heading over to Miller Park. Thank you, Ben. Ben Wargle, BadgerNation.com. He's our Badgers insider. Not typically in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, but today he is. And I am heading over to Miller Park, and it's a good thing they have a roof, although it's not... Well, now it is raining in Milwaukee. Uh, it wasn't earlier. Uh, was a beautiful day, but the rain is here now, so the roof will be closed. And Brewers and Red Sox tonight at Miller Park. Chase Anderson is on the mound for Milwaukee in that start against Boston. The Brewers try and go for two in a row, and they will face Kyle Hendrick, the right-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. So we'll get that tonight. Uh, we did miss on uh, Kyle Petty today, so we hope to reschedule that. He's got a charity ride that begins this weekend that goes nationwide and will be in Wisconsin yet in the month of May. Uh, and we were hoping to visit with Kyle Petty today. Had a little time zone confusion, but we hope to get that back on the docket. And when we do, we'll let you know when that is. You know, I don't get about the uh, Nigel Hayes piece. Tell me. Like everybody loves it, which is awesome, which it should be. Why? Why does Why does Nigel Hayes even have to write something that says I like things outside of basketball or I can speak my mind outside of things on basketball? It just seems strange to me that that even has to have has has to even be addressed. Like, okay, yeah, of course, go ahead, do whatever you want. Well, because yeah. I think uh, sometimes, and he talks a lot in the piece on the on the Players Tribune today about the uh, the Twitter kickback he gets. If you are going to have social opinions and they make it their way into social media and or on Twitter, you are going to get the negative element too. I mean, that's just part of the process of Twitter. If you don't take those negative elements, if you choose to let them be the driving force upon your reaction, you can live there your entire life. Twitter is one of those forums in which... If you make a, a social comment, you're going to get enforcement, you're going to get neutral, and you're going to get kicked. And if you try to focus, if you end up focusing on the negative, those who kick back, the trolls on Twitter, you can live there your whole life. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I actually like Nigel's message. I wish he wouldn't be so fixated on the trolls. And there are plenty of trolls who are going to say, stay in your lane, just play, shut up and play. And plenty of those people are out there. I don't give those people the time of day. Well, here's the other thing. Like, and I, I, I understand from the other perspective, like if you went to follow perhaps a, a media member or maybe even Nigel Hayes and you're like, I just signed up for the basketball. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, then just unfollow them. Like, if you don't like what they're saying, it's pretty simple I've unfollowed media members. I'm like, listen, I get it. You're into politics. I wanted to, you know, learn more about NFL football or whatever. So I just unfollowed them. It's not yeah, that big of a deal. There, there are a <laughs> bunch out there who, who I like to follow for their insightful commentary on the game, and I don't like to follow them for their insightful commentary 
their insight on politics. And that's why I get it. Like, I get the, the side of the people who, not the trolls, but the side of the, the Internet people who are like, I, just, I came here for the basketball. Um, but that doesn't mean Nigel Hayes doesn't have the right to. T- he's a he's a person and people like more than one thing. And they have thoughts. And so if you don't like them, then just unfollow him. And he's in a very conscious state and stage in life of of that college experience. You get your mind open to ideas and concepts. And I don't agree with everything that Nigel puts out there, but I agree with a fair amount of it. Yet I enjoy him as a basketball player. I enjoyed him as as a person. And some people are going to be bothered by his political commentary. That's okay. You, you, like you said, John, you don't have to follow him on Twitter. You can just buy the ticket and go to the game. He's not picking up the microphone on the PA at the game and espousing his social and political opinions. So you can enjoy just the game, but you as a fan, you have the right to say shut up and play, but I don't have to agree with you, and neither does he. And that's part of being uh, in the entertainment and, and the sports world is you don't have to just be a player. You can do more. Doesn't mean we all have to agree with it, but you can do more. You have the platform. I'll be at the Brewers-Red Sox game tonight. They'll play a matinee tomorrow. Tom Hardercourt is on the program tomorrow. We'll talk to you Thursday on the Mike Heller Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.